A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. If you haven't been listening to the last, what, four, five, eight, twelve episodes, we're done with Dark Age. And we keep <laughs> wrapping up Dark Age. We're doing that again. So, uh, I'm super excited. And we're going to keep talking. cross and i'm pj and we are words and whiskey a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking you should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club i just can't say enough nice things about these wonderful people that we're having today on the podcast you know they're my favorite podcast i actually like them even more than my own podcast <laughs> do we need to I do love like you guys <laughs> this is so awesome. good it was so good <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of okay. <laughs> i said all the nice things that i could say um, that was hilarious uh so obviously today is the tequila special to the tequila ing with some of our favorite people in the world as they self-described ben and aaron from hallerpod <laughs> thanks for having us guys yeah we're very excited to have you back um it it kind of funny in timeline wise but we were on your show we recorded a show for you a month ago and these are coming out back to back days so there's a there's a whole lot of we are um you know more (laughs) punctual than you because we we record ahead of time (laughs) or you guys are more put together (laughs) yeah i was gonna say or i'm just really lazy about my editing (laughs) i certainly don't help (laughs) (laughs) it is like tequila special two and three back to back and yes uh, on the Howler Pod episode, I was quite drunk, so <laughs> I plan to be quite drunk today as well. I'm also apologizing for my behavior on the Howler Pod episode, which is coming it out tomorrow great. in terms of timeline. So you're <laughs> yeah. apologizing ahead of the other episode. Yes. I'm just going to get out in front of this one. <laughs> this is what I have to actually listen to because I can't remember what happened. I. <laughs> I can't really either, but I just know that some of it is, you know, it's not PG off the rails. Thirteen, <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> no man, <laughs> I, I, I remember so clearly a couple of different points of that episode that I don't want to spoil <laughs> that are just standing out in my head. That PJ said it's so apparently, good. Anyway, <laughs> apparently Cross wasn't drunk enough. I was, yeah. I was, I was drunk, but I do recall. <laughs> A couple of Lysander-related comments. Uh, <laughs> yes. I remember the format of the show. We yeah. played a game. With the book draft, the, the Dark Age book draft. We played a game where if you don't stop moving, you get shot. <laughs> ah, someone's watched Squid Game. <laughs> awesome. Yes. But we um, are very excited to be back with you all on uh, Words and Whiskey. Mm-hmm. 
like we we, said, our second favorite podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We are are proud to be in second place (laughs) to the work that you do. Um, (laughs) And we are also in second place to the work that you do. So (laughs) in terms of our affection, we like your show more. Let's be real. But before we get too far deep here, uh, let's talk about what we're drinking. Uh, We'll kick it off to Ben to start. What are you having today? On the tequila special. I'm having uh, a lovely Modelo Especial, one of my favorite domestic beers. We be I guess Mexican beers. I'm a big Mexican beer fan, and Modelo is probably my favorite, followed by Pacifico. So Not Corona. You know, drink a Modelo. Pacifico is mine. I love that. It's a good one. Uh, do you represent. do the beer upside down in the margarita? The beerita? The beerita, yeah. That's my favorite. Wow. <laughs> You're really cool. <laughs> especially when they come in like the giant cups. Yeah. Like, this won't go well, especially with my little salad. <laughs> I like how specific that is. That's what I do. That's exactly what happens every time. <laughs> um, I'm drinking some wine. <laughs> yeah. Tequila special. Let's see. I'm having a Malbec 2019. It's called Punto Final. Could be Hispanic. I don't know. Where is it from? <laughs> Punto Argentina. Final would likely Argentina. Yes, <laughs> so we're in South America. We're south of the border. Yeah. We're keeping Absolutely. the tequila special in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> in How about you guys? Cases. What are you drinking? PJ, you kick it off. What are you having? Uh, so I decided to make myself a honey basil margarita. So it is two and a half ounces of tequila, three quarters of an ounce of Cointreau, an ounce of honey simple syrup, the juice of one lime, four basil leaves all shaken together. And then I garnished it with this like little put together thing of what is it? A honeycomb like scooper with a lime wedge and some basil leaves. What the hell is that? So, you know, the thing that like. You know on Honey Nut Cheerios, the oh, thing yeah. that the bee is holding <laughs> yeah. that oh, scoops the, the honey? It's that. the honey stirrer. Yeah. I don't know. The honey picker upper. I guess it's surface area, like a lot of surface area, so it can scoop a bunch of honey. That's a tiny one, though. It It is a tiny one. It's a teeny tiny little guy. See, if um, I had someone to make me a drink like that, I wouldn't be drinking beautiful garnish. the dusty wine I found under my cabinet. <laughs> Are you talking? You're looking I think at that's me blame. when you like, like I'm going to make the drink. I also need somebody to make me the drink. Hey, PJ, instead of going to Wisconsin, you got to come this way. Deal. <laughs> just deal. <laughs> I'm just going there now. Yeah, PJ's very easy to sway. Like like happened on the other show where he jumped ship from my show to your show mid episode. Yeah. Um, oh, now I remember. Yeah. I do remember that. PJ started Hallerpod. That was good stuff. In a fight. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> PJ, what are you following that up with? I've got uh, Teal from Southern Grist Brewing Company. It is a hazy IPA, and I haven't tasted it yet. It doesn't give me any sort of indication. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Citro Mosaic and Rakao, R-A-K-A-U. Not familiar with that one. Lots of new hop varietals that are strange. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good, though. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm a- Notably, the label is teal in color. So It's a nice-looking can. Mm-hmm. It kind of matches your shirt. It does match my shirt. 
<laughs> for everyone wow. watching at home. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, Crossland, you are the caboose. What's up? I am. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you are the ass lord. <laughs> I think we also went there. Um, so I am having, I couldn't think of another red term. So I decided to name this after a character from uh, the first law series, the bloody nine been reading back through, of course. Uh, but my drink yeah. is a tequila drink. I took off the garnish and added it to the drink at this point, but 140 milliliter tequila, which is like four shots of tequila, uh, 25 <laughs> milliliters of grenadine, which is half shot, uh, six mint leaves, one full lime juiced maraschino cherry and topped with soda water. So in this Dang. case, it's like half soda water. Yeah. It was just really to get a really nice picture in this glass. I had to fill it more. So it's aggressively poured. You could have that very easily and have yourself a much more reasonable cocktail. I'm just going to be nursing this for a long time. The color palette, it kind of goes with PJs. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the pink and teal. It's cute. Oh, the the, yeah. Yeah. That one hey, sounds really I know good. all about the Bloody Nine, and I will not give any spoilers because I know what you guys are doing. Yeah, we're going to do it <laughs> next summer. Um, hopefully. Uh, depending on how quickly we get I just wanted PJ to know that I knew. <laughs> Would you like to spoil something for him? Because <laughs> No, I just like to, I like to hold the power. <laughs> PJ pulled off of his headphones. <laughs> And then I'm following that up with a uh, super skim from Wilmington Brewing Company, a double New England IPA co-brewed with another brewer here in town, the Bond Brothers. Very good, very tasty. I've had it before on the show. But is there like a photo is that a of a bunch of food? dicks on the bottom of the can? <laughs> no, it's like leopard print. I think I don't know. I thought it was kinda, like spaghettios. Right. It kind of looks like spaghettios. <laughs> it tastes like passion fruit, though. But now that you said spaghettios, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get that flavor like that. out of my mouth. I like that I thought SpaghettiOs and PJ thought bunch of dicks. Cross is drinking <laughs> a can of SpaghettiOs tonight. <laughs> we don't normally do videos, so PJ never knows that I drink SpaghettiOs and soup on the show all the time. Oh, I'm so wasted on Tequila this. Tequila special. <laughs> this chicken noodle hit me really hard. <laughs> Chef Boyardee <laughs> with tequila. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's get into the episode. PJ, you have a question to kick this off. Yes, I do. Um, let's start with a very easy one. Who is your favorite character from the series and why is it Lysander? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to be covering the whole series, too, by the way, not just Dark Age. So okay. feel free. Touch on whatever. Cool. Yeah. But can we can we ask the question again spin. without... The word, yeah. He who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Across the entire series, who are who is your favorite character? And maybe give a little blurb about why. You want to go? Go ahead. I thought Cross was going. Oh no, you guys go ahead. They're asking us. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean we'll talk too, but you know. <laughs> okay, well, I mean. I'm a uh, uh, bitch for a protagonist, so <laughs> I have to say Darrow for sure for the first trilogy. Then, you know, we kind of switch from one point of view to multiple. So then I start kind of leaning that Darrow isn't my favorite. Ooh. And I think, I don't know, but I don't know. 
<laughs> Just go with your heart. This is a lot of tension. It's palpable. It's weird. It's like the the third time around, you know, I see so much potential in other characters that could be my favorite. You know, Virginia, for me, gains a lot of respect, especially when she's all cheek stabbed and shit. And um, Lyria, even, I start to like more in Dark Age. So I'd say the ladies take the lead in general. Can I just say the ladies? I mean, Victor had taken a swim. Fuck. I pick Volga. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great journey. That was, that was a great journey. I'm glad we got to see that work itself out. Like, <laughs> I always say Darrow, but I don't. It's not Darrow after Morningstar, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's I definitely fair. I'm not, I don't stand for these bad daddies. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've I've got a friend who's going through this series for the first time right now, and she just she started Red Rising on Monday or on Sunday, finished it, and is now in Golden Sun. She's like, I love Dara. I'm like, well, prepare for the shit, you know, like you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're about to go through a whole you, lot. Whoa. <laughs> I also like okay that meme that Hallerpod just posted, like mm-hmm. the joke. Oh, about- that you guys just posted. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> that you're referring to us in the third person now. Uh, the best podcast and complimenting your own meme <laughs> no but the, the the one about maybe I actually like the baddies I put that mm-hmm. in there because like maybe I actually like the baddies mm-hmm. I mean I kind of feel like book six I'm gonna like my favorite character is gonna be like Apple or I don't know full sung fa <laughs> <laughs> Apple's probably pretty far up there for you already. I mean, I love a naked hottie. Yeah. With long hair <laughs> and musical. Like, give me the talent. It's pressing a lot of buttons. Yes. That's that's actually a really interesting kind of perspective if we think about it. Like the villains in the second series kind of take the stage in a lot of ways, especially in Dark Age. Um so it, it makes sense that like in a, in a lot of people's minds, a lot of those characters take the forefront because like Severo isn't in Dark Age for the most part. You know, he's completely gone. Cassius is dead in Dark Age. So that's, you know, the whole thing, of course, as well. Uh, big character in Iron Gold. But, you know, Wait, as we PJ, think about the last book, PJ knows the end, right? Yeah. PJ's read it all <laughs> this time. They're finished. <laughs> so Cassius isn't dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was just such a it's it's so funny because of course we went through all of these various steps the first time on the show the first time that we had you guys you guys were like am I going to be able to hold it in and <laughs> we, yeah, we made it on, and now it's yeah. it's absolutely open <laughs> um, which is part of the reason that we were like we have to have you back to kind of have the the full convo now that PJ's brought into the fold um, and I'm not yeah, great totally- at secrets so. Now well, I can you, be myself. you pulled it off once. Very bad. Yeah, <laughs> I could be myself. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think I think the villains make a lot of sense. I think Volga is a great character, though. Good call. I also like winning. So like, if the bad guys are gonna win, like I'd rather like oh, wow, ship a... one of them. <laughs> wow, history is written by whoever Aaron sides with. <laughs> You're just gonna drop our whole team after. I'm just saying, like. Like, if Fa's going to blood eagle everyone, like, maybe I want to be on <laughs> Team Falls. Like, wow. I could go, Fa. <laughs> Love it. All right, Ben. Tell Let's us it. that it's Cassius, because that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is why we're best friends. Is that yes. my favorite character is Cassius for sure. I've talked about this a lot on it's our. Bad podcast. that I know who yours is more than I know who mine is. Well, I I make it known on on mine probably a lot more than I you change do. my mind every time I read it. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I just think that he's an amazing character that goes through a a, a really awesome journey that is uh, emotional and affecting. And I just love his arc over the series. And I think it's a good encapsulation of why the rising works because it, it pulled someone like Cassius over to their side. And um, I just, I just, I, I feel for this guy. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Ben's also a sucker for good looks. I am. I am a sucker that for curly hair though. Chin and some, and, well, and some he's like curly hair. He's like, the I like not, the roguish qualities. He's not, qualities the, he's not for the antagonist. Sure. He's like the like sub protagonist. He's like the kind of an anti. He he's the hero yeah. of his own story. If he had his own books, right. I think the term is like deuter antagonist or something like that. Like it's a secondary thing that slots into that space. I don't remember the specific definition, but I'm pretty I sure think that's specifically right. like he just unlocks <clears throat> some emotional um, connection with Darrow that. Like I, I think like their friendship, like Darrow and Cassius's friendship, to me is like way more special than like Darrow and Severo or Darrow and Ragnar or something. Darrow like and Rokes is fairly similar. It is, and I think that Cassius and Roke are kind of two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. and that Roke uh, goes one way, and I you could definitely see how Cassius could go that way, but I think that he takes kind of his own path, and he's still not fully like on the side of the rising. Like, I don't think he fully is on board with everything um, going on, but he chose a path that, you know, that he can respect himself at the end of the day. And so to me, I I love his journey and like how he got there. And uh, especially that he's just like the hero of the third book for sure. So so let's say you didn't read (laughs) the last Thero chapter in dark age. Who would have been your favorite character? Well, he still would have been the, at that point, yeah. even if he would have died. But in died. the in the sequels, it, yeah, that's yeah. a fair point because in Iron Gold, he's such a good. Okay, yeah. let's say you couldn't pick Cassius though. Like, sure. let's say you're, you're second. Better. If I can't pick yeah. Cassius, then I'm definitely <laughs> picking Ephraim because Fuck, me too. I love Ephraim. <laughs> I love <laughs> my third first favorite character is Ephraim. Says Aaron. I personally just really love a sarcastic asshole he's that great. that Han Solo type. That he is kind is of a nihilist at the same time. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, I kind of identify with some of that. So uh, I, I, like, I get kind of his outlook on life a lot of the time. But I think that Ephraim, it just brings like such a different energy to these books that was not necessarily there uh, always. And especially in the first series, like he brings so much humor and just like the snark and just kind of pointing out the preposterous like how preposterous some stuff is uh, throughout the books. And I, I love characters like that in, in stories. Well, Ephraim gives us what Severo gave us yes, in little spurts. For sure. And especially the, more of it. the first couple of books. Yeah. Some truth More telling. adult. But yeah. yeah. But, but then we couldn't have Severo like being, I don't know, funny and jolly when he's like having a really bad time really bad time <laughs> so we mm-hmm. needed ephraim <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to like be that comedic relief ephraim's a great choice why didn't you remind me 
And then I would also say that Mustang <laughs> is one of my all-time favorite characters as well. So I just love like somebody who's that smart and uh, has a plan always. And I feel like we should just always listen to Mustang and do what she says because she's always got it figured out. And I love characters like that. So uh, I don't know. I would shouldn't, definitely shouldn't have Iron Gold figured out the whole time. Well, that was a tough one for her to see coming, but she knew something was up for sure. Sure, sure. She was trying. Uh, so yeah, I love Mustang as well. And she like the way that we love Horse Girl. Yeah, the way that she kind of unlocks <laughs> like the kind of like the the mission statement of the Rising for Darrow and like helps him figure out what he needs to be doing. I love that kind of aspect where like mm-hmm. I don't think that he becomes yeah who he she is provides her. structure yeah for sure love it love it PJ I don't know if we've I don't know if we've actually heard your favorite character we might have talked about it before. is it Lysander still. <laughs> I do have to say in like regards you finished to, Dark Age. And and I do have to say in regards to your Lysander, I listened to your episode with Logan. Yeah. And there were so many times where I just was like, I want to call into the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to let him we had to let him say his piece. And then we got we actually got a lot of that. And I was like, Did you not hear me shut it down in, in the moment where I was like, Yeah, but that's kind of eco fascist if you think about it. And so we're we're like, we can't side with that, right? And Logan was like, Fuck, you're right. And it was like, All right, we spent forty minutes letting you build that and I took it down in a sentence. So we're good. <laughs> That was such a fun it was, episode. It was a good time, though. Yeah. That was so much fun. It was fun to listen to. Not as much fun as it is with you guys. <laughs> but, Duh. like, just like a one line down. Hey, you don't have to protect our feelings. We already are very proud of ourselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> Blossoming egos all around. Apparently. We're very, very well adjusted. Aaron is really starting to identify with the villains. <laughs> <laughs> Apple all over. I'm pretty sure it's the Obama abomination. Abomination. Um, no, I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> oh, I was really ready to listen to that. I was like, tell, well, tell me like, more. Oh, no, I was like, I want to hear that. I was thinking, oh, is is PJ on the side of villains? Because like, I'm I'm ready to be converted. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Cavex. Mm. And genuinely, I don't know if we've asked this question before. If we have, I've said something different, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't remember shit. I'm so bad at like remembering things I it's say true. on the show. It's true. It's fair. Um, constantly. And I- including things that are just about my genuine feelings. <laughs> I don't fucking know. See, this is where PJ and I are the same person and yep. you and Cross are the same person. Because yes. I also right. don't remember shit. And you two are like steel trap. <laughs> Do you not remember what you said last week? I remember. I have it written down somewhere in a cabinet in my palace. That's why I can't argue with either of you. Because <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I starkly disagree with myself from week to week. PJ and I have been studying a lot, so we have used our brain power mm. on other things. Mm-hmm. That was a good defense. That was that was, <laughs> that was good. Yes, that's what's going on. <laughs> We're both studying. It's unconvincing. Mm-hmm. No, but I think I think Cavax, and I, I'm sure I talked about this early on in the first trilogy mm-hmm. when we ever talked about it, but. I think it still holds true. He is a genuine, loving, caring teddy bear of a person who can also just fuck shit up. <laughs> like 
but he he embodies a father figure to a lot of our characters. He is understanding and more importantly willing to hear out any sort of viewpoint that disagrees with himself. He's just a good person in general. And he also has a fox. He also has a fox. And how can we ever let that go unmentioned? Sure. He is a great person, instilled some great morals. And what's uh, the quote that we keep quoting that I can't remember? That's very helpful. <laughs> what's he say, Valeria? <laughs> oh, pain is but a memory. Pain is but a memory. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's more to that. <laughs> pain is but a memory. Also, sometimes it's good if people think you're a little mad. That's a good one, too. Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I love I love that section where he finally comes clean and he's like, I'm not actually crazy, guys. Um, I remember getting a lot of messages from people when we were going through the series, PJ, who were like, PJ has CAVX all wrong. And I'm like, well, of course he does. We haven't read Iron Gold yet. Like, right. we don't we don't have those answers. It's kind of yeah. like Gaia, like pretending to mm -hmm. be crazy or senile. senile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I'll do that once I'm 80. <laughs> pretend to be I senile i'll plans. do that when i'm 40 I'll actually be senile let's be real here <laughs> yeah like, i'm gonna lose i'm it. just letting I know. you know i'm pretending wink 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 to future me <laughs> okay cross who's yours i mean i i like roke this is this is well known but he he's he's like a a character that i don't he's not my favorite character but he's one that i identify with and i like a lot because you're a coward because I am a coward and a poet, yes. <laughs> How dare you? Whoa! Fighting words. Hey, I guess the only difference between Cassius and Roke is cowardice. <laughs> if we really get into it, maybe a little bit of ego. <laughs> but, or space racism. I mean, again, Cassius hasn't entirely sided with the Rising. Yeah. yeah there's some problems there. He really just did it because of the other things. But he kind of shuts Lysander down when Lysander's like, she's one of us, or the goals are one. He's like, what are you talking about? We need to save all these people. Right. Not he, like no, one Cassius of us. Cassius is still more honorable still for sure. taking advantage of some pinks, probably, yeah. though. I mean, if I were a pink. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> um... If Ben were a pink, he would be very excited. <laughs> I would probably go secondarily instead of the, the second series. I just love the impression that Atlas makes in Dark Age so much, mm. especially in this reread. This was my second time reading it when I read it with PJ and um, second, third and fourth simultaneously because I have to read it that many times to make sure that I'm not missing anything. <laughs> when I was going through, I just appreciated like every single word that he said. And he's got so much menace and so little time. He really kind of comes out as this. In, in the same way that Darth Vader does in uh, the original Star Wars movie, so little screen time and yet so much influence over the entire rest of the story. And in the backdrop of everything with Volsung Fa in the backdrop, you know, he's he's everywhere while only being in a handful of scenes. So do you um, support sticking poles up butts? <laughs> I don't think that's what that means. I mean, <laughs> as a form of psychological warfare to try to save lives, no, but it's fun to consider. <laughs> I don't, I, like I don't what, agree with it, but you know, it's it's a fun fun thing to think about. It's kind it's of a thought experiment. Up that Pierce Brown did he think of that, or is that something that like someone actually did and like historically? Yeah, that's Vlad the that, Impaler. Vlad the I mean, Impaler. Yeah. 
the, the guy who's the inspiration for Dracula. Like, yeah, he was impaling a lot of people. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that Thousands. makes me feel better that Pierce didn't come up with it. <laughs> Some, someone in history did awful shit, and we're just miming that into literature forever. For uh, entertainment. Like, I like mm-hmm. what you said there, though, uh, because the more I read Dark Age, the more it does seem like the Fear Knight is supposed to be like a bigger and bigger part. Like he's, You can see his influence more and more. And it seems like Pierce really wants him to be like this menacing, extremely like machiavellian figure that's kind of controlling a lot in the background and it seems like his role maybe the first time you run through the book quickly you're like oh if you're not he's cool but like he's cool and all the awful shit right yeah uh but then you think about the next time you read it like oh okay he's up to all this shit and then you see that i mean he posted this on his social media right that i look like probably looks like the (laughs) prologue of book six Mm -hmm. looks like it's going to be the fear night yeah, like a first-person point of view from the Fear Knight. Right. So um, that 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 seems super interesting to me. I might become a bad guy fan. Looks like Cross already switched over. Now you like For, both of your favorite characters are bad guys. <laughs> the the interesting, yeah, both of my favorite characters are bad guys. I guess He's, Rogue starts as a good guy, though. Like, let's <laughs> let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just changes or becomes revealed, whichever way you want to think about that. But the the thing with Atlas, too, that's really interesting is when you get into like his psychology, he you could also see him sympathizing with the rising in in large effect. Like he could be swayed. He just understands sort of his position in power. And he also mm-hmm. he has like that rim ideology in him, but also has this mentality of like he's been exiled. He's coming back from that. He's trying to work his way up the ladder as he sees it and he knows that he would have no place in in the rising but in a different world a different lifetime the dude's a scholar the dude is the the like the tortured version of lysander to some degree he is he is on that same intellect level but two decades removed what do we think his what do we think his like goal is is it just restoring the society full stop and then like he's cool or do you think that there's (laughs) there's more i think it's ending the war okay I, I, I seriously, I, I also think that if he could take out the and I think that he kind of, he makes this point at one point, but he's like, Darrow and I are the same creature to some degree because we both want this war to end and we're willing to go to whatever lengths necessary. That's why he goes through the, the impaling. That's why he tries to make a mockery of all the leaders that he captures and tortures them. And he doesn't want to do that. He just understands that it's the most effective way to. And we don't think that he through. wants power, right? Like, no, I don't think no. that he wants to be in power. He'd kill Atlanta in a heartbeat and she wouldn't stand a chance. That's that's my thought at the very least is like, yeah. if he wanted it, she doesn't. Now, nah. yeah, it could be all his if he wanted it. So it's just like he's just on the side <laughs> and he just wants to win the war. Yeah, I think he wants the war to end. So like there, there's a reality that I could imagine wherein he's presented with an opportunity to kill Atlantia or like suicide bomb the opposite side. And he'd be like, fuck this and hit the button and kill everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like th- that, that seems very much also in Atlas's wheelhouse of like, oh, I can take out everyone on this side and there's less suffering for everyone. Cool. Done. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. I'm not saying wow. that that's likely. I'm just saying it could happen. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. No, it's just like, I have a hard time getting a read on his character, like exactly mm-hmm. like what he wants. Well, maybe we get um, more, like you said. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if he inherits the power, like if he just is the de facto leader of the society remnant, 
at some point. How do you think that changes the trajectory of the conflict? I think if he were handed the power, he would instead hand it to Diomedes and turn himself in, I think, and then would advocate for some kind of peace. Yeah, it seems just a thought. Not necessarily. But but I mean, why advocate for peace when you can be the one to instill it? I guess I'm also viewing it from the protagonist perspective. So I would hope that that would be the way that it would go. So fair point. I just think he sees suffering like that's. That's the reality, right? Like he he's trying to deal with solving that that problem of suffering ultimately. Yeah, I don't know. He's just trying to find the quickest resolution. So I think a lot of times the quickest resolution could be surrender, but he doesn't view that as an option at the moment. So there's something else there. Again, we yeah. maybe just don't have quite the the yoke on it, so to speak. That was a weird word to yeah, use there. He's the most <laughs> he's the like character I'm most interested to see more of from book six, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a returning question from the tequila special uh, round one from one of our listeners, Celine. How different were your expectations at the beginning of the series from where we are now? Now that we've finished, you know, obviously this starts off small and gets grandiose. But how how do we all feel about the series at large and kind of the the future and sort of sort of thoughts there? Start with we'll start with PJ just because so, he hasn't had as much time to process this. I haven't. I've had no time to process this. I've had Cut. five weeks, a year to process this. I haven't done it. Feelings wise, I think it's the same because I came into it with a lot of curiosity and a lot of like just wanting to understand where this will go from here. Because right away, right away in Red Rising, we're met with the uh, the speech from Nero and the Darrow's in the ranks of all the gold soldiers, not soldiers necessarily, but I felt... I saw them as soldiers. Yeah, it's in the like moment the institute kids. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So knowing and then going straight into the mines, knowing that there's a jump from here to there. Yeah, like there was just so much. Like, holy shit, what's going to happen? And that never drops. Like that, that feeling never goes away. So I guess I'm in the same spot I was right away. <laughs> and you haven't had sense. a chance to reread. I don't think I've ever expected it to get like so big and almost unwieldy at this point (laughs) like uh and especially with dark age like it just at the end of iron gold i think we did like a dark age prediction episode and just like (laughs) embarrassing had no idea (laughs) a lot of people died what we were um, in for that we weren't ready for yeah we i just uh like the way the story has opened up and continues to open up and challenge like kind of the thesis of the first series and I love that aspect of it and I honestly haven't read too many series like that where it kind of challenges itself you need to read first law there we go yeah so it's really good I do like that because like for me I'm kind of a person I know people there's a lot of people out there that like the happy ending of the first series but that for me was almost kind of like (laughs) that's not what I really I knew I, it was good and it felt good, but it's not really what I wanted. I thought we were going to go kind of grimier with the ending. And that is now where we're at in the second series. So that has been awesome to see. And, and I didn't have an expectation that, that was going to happen because it did feel like, you know, we need to have like kind of the Hollywood wrapped up happy ending. Uh, but now the fact that we're kind of debating that and interrogating it 10 years down the road, looking at it in a second series with new characters especially the different point of views, that aspect to me is is awesome. So my expectations from here 
as opposed to the beginning, I'm just like, I thought I knew where the story was going, but now I'm just like, I'm going to sit back and just watch this man work because that's all I care about. So I yeah. would say book one, I've, I'm a huge, or I've always been a big YA reader. So like, you know, Divergent, Hunger Games, Twilight, Harry Potter, are all the like big ones. And I felt like Red Rising book one fit into that genre of books. But then we emerge from Red Rising into um, a more mature version of those books, um, which I think are more grounded in like um, what the world could actually be if this was the world, um, and less less white, more adult in terms of like first like more murdery, but more <laughs> focused on like politics and um, warfare instead of just the love story. So I felt like um, Golden Sun and Morningstar kind of like emerge from the YA beginning into it kind of like brings us up the escalator until we reach Dark Age. It starts asking a lot harder questions. Yeah, like we we start on the easy YA Red Rising, and then literally we're on an escalator. So, like, I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know how. My like, tire... harder ski paths is the way that <laughs> right. I think about it. Like, we started off on like a nice casual uh, blue, blue circle or square or whatever it is. Now we're on black diamonds and we're all And it was sure, a yeah. lot easier to just be like, oh, these characters are good. These characters are bad. These are yeah. the people that we're cheering for. These are the people that we're cheering against. But now, like, and, and we talked about this with tell, our favorite like, characters. Someone who might not be an avid reader to be like, Oh, you would love red rising. Yeah. Cause like, it's kind of an easy book to love. You right. know, you get, mm-hmm. right. You get the victory, you get the rising from the ashes, you know, um, the underdog kind of wins at the end of red rising. Um, so that's like an easy book to swallow, but like you would yeah. never like tell someone who doesn't read much PJ. <laughs> to just like read dark age you know it's like yeah i mean it's fucking intense i have trouble getting through it still because you know i like my easy reads or my like um happy endings at least right so what's what's funny is our our producer actually put it down at the exact same spot that i did originally he's like Uh he hit pause basically for the last month shortly after uh the day of red doves and it feels like point. yeah it feels like that that's kind of like an interesting <laughs> like wow point because the rest of, like you're saying Aaron like the rest of the series doesn't doesn't hit that level until that moment mm-hmm. yeah and I listen to audiobooks and read to like escape mm-hmm. um, my own thoughts so I can like you know be in this other world and kind of disassociate a little <laughs> but like some of these books don't like allow you to like have that freedom of I mean like you know like we were talking about Ben listening to Ragnar die again, mowing his lawn and just like sobbing, you know, like Pierce really like pulls you in to the point where you're like living through these characters. So I'd say the expectations for me was that it was, you know, another easy kind of like mindless read, but now I'm here like three years later doing a podcast (laughs) because the books are so uh, dense and they there's so much to talk about on them so i mean they're just bigger than i it's bigger than i thought it would be after reading red rising i also love a book that's going to question like its main character like i think 
Red Rising, Golden Sun, and most of Morningstar were like Darrow. And then he destroys the docks. You're like, okay. Okay, dude. (laughs) (laughs) What was going on there? But at the end, you're still like, okay, we can see like serving the greater good. And Victor hit the button. Victor did it. Yeah, where we did end up like being victorious and so like it all worked out okay hand wave yeah but then like iron gold comes and then it's a, like almost an entire book of mm-hmm. like questioning your main character's decisions and like how we got to this point and uh that's something i i really love especially in kind of a longer series as it develops like you can get these great arcs out of characters because of stuff like that you know like you can hate a character like cassius and then by the end of the story, you know, we're all like cheering at him in iron gold where he's saying like, my honor remains. And I just love like being able to see a writer kind of develop that over that, that series. Yeah. I, I adore that. I think that that's also like the unsung praise of iron gold in, in like a, in a big way, especially in, in rereads. It is, it is the book that matures this series way Mm -hmm. beyond the initial stakes and expectations and, and gets a lot of shit for it because it breaks with so many of those norms. Um, and in, in the reread, I have a tough time not saying that that's my favorite book in the series, just because it shows a, like a wider world from multiple perspectives. And then B, uh, begins to, to shift and question and ask these questions of our protagonists variously. And it really kind of interrogates that original series. Like that's her entire role. And I don't know that he makes people like uncomfortable that you question Darrow, but uh, he does need to be questioned. And yeah. it's like she's making great points. So it's like her point is just as valid as like, let's, you know, I, I totally understand. Like, you know, it's we gave the rising like 10 years. That's probably unreasonable to be like, you should solve every problem by now. But uh, it's not like she doesn't have a point. Uh, galaxy wide and not just one. Yeah, or solar system wide. Yeah. And you're, True. you're, uh, <laughs> mixed up in a giant war and all this stuff like that. So, uh, I meant galaxy galaxy. I'm just kidding. I'm just, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. Ben like slipped in the correction. <laughs> yeah. Solar system wide. <laughs> <laughs> so that, just had to make sure that you're aware. It's a solar system, not a galaxy. Yeah, There's a lot in the galaxy. Not, There's the Milky Way. There could be aliens in the galaxy. We don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important to get your space terms correctly. Correct. Right. It's hey. very true. Very important. <laughs> I'm just trying to not. do a ride along to space. I'm not trying to like map space. <laughs> Excellent. No, I, I, I love that. And I feel like a lot of my feelings were, were encompassed there. So I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> so PJ, you had a question to ask. Um, oh yes. <laughs> it's also, it also like fits in with the conversation we're already having. Well, I wrote this at the bottom of the, no, I wrote this at the bottom of the of the sheet and Crossland moved oh, yeah, I did. it. So I did. that's fair. Have either of you reread the series recently? And if so, what has changed perception wise for you? I'll take this one because I just did it over the summer. I'm doing it right now. Aaron's in the middle of hers. <laughs> I listened to the audiobooks for the first time, so that definitely mm-hmm. changed my perception. Um TGR's life. Added a lot of voices. I'm now a TGR follower for sure. Uh, As you looked up be. what he looks like? <laughs> no. He's a Scottish you telling me not to. It is surprising. Yeah. <laughs> My, you wouldn't like, expect it. <laughs> mental image of like Darrow and is like who I thought TGR would look like. <laughs> and then it's not what he looks like. Yeah. So yeah, that definitely um, changed my perspective of some moments and 
had a lot of emotion that you know was there but it just like redredges it back up in a kind of a different way i think my biggest thing that i've noticed like over my rereads and this is probably going to make cross mad is that i've just like hate roke more every time oh, no <laughs> no it's reasonable that's a reasonable feeling to have guys i'm fully aware that i'm baked into the wrong camp here <laughs> that's one where my heart has really hardened because i really loved him the first time i read the series mm-hmm. and uh i but you see the like, parallels with cassius you're aware sure, i definitely yeah. do all and right as long as, as, long as you him. admit that i know and that like, I if, and i'm like if you listen to our episodes are talking about mm-hmm. him and um like our golden sun reread and morning star reread like we empathize a lot with Roke in those situations when we're doing our close reads. But uh, I don't know, just when it gets down to it and he turns, it's, yeah, I, I just like, I can't stand this motherfucker. Like, that's your one, the one thing that's happened when you've reread? No, it's I'm just, just, you hate Roke. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not like the one thing. But I'm just saying, like, that's one thing I've definitely, yeah, that's one thing I've definitely noticed is like, I have less and less sympathy for Roke as the story as the more times I reread it. Okay. I turn into like more of a howler that feels like extremely betrayed by him. I don't I don't feel the same. <laughs> I mean I don't I Well I heard that one. That one was yeah. <laughs> it shook did the you house. did you hear that PJ? <laughs> no. I'm kinda worried we'll lose power if we do bye. It's fine. <laughs> 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 bye. <laughs> um uh when when I reread it What's changed for me is like recognizing all of the what are they called? Cookies. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Cookie crumbles. Breadcrumbs. 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 <laughs> like it, it's fun to reread and like and realize like Pierce has like <laughs> dropped cookies for us. <laughs> This is generally what I do whenever PJ says something ridiculous, (laughs) but he can't see me normally. (laughs) Uh, All the breadcrumbs that I've like missed and Mm -hmm. even like on third and fourth reads, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Has that always been here? (laughs) Like, uh, it's crazy how um, layered Pierce's writing is like he really like sneaks in all this shit that you really don't catch the first time around. Um, and then when you go back, especially when you know what's going to happen with certain characters, you kind of like pay attention more to them because you know they're important. Um, so I think rereading this series, it's less like singular on in terms of like you're only focused on Darrow's story. When you reread, you like you know everyone else's future, so you know which characters are important to pay attention to. That's a really good point. Yeah, you can appreciate those like smaller character arcs a lot like a more Quinn. yeah yeah quinn or like lilith or you know you just you know even severo in the first book sure. you don't know he's gonna be like severo you know yeah right so um it's it's cool to see where that goes especially like severo and victra mm-hmm. their whole like meet cute yeah, <laughs> like banter, yeah. and you're like, oh, you're gonna get married and have lots of kids, <laughs> you know? Like it's it's just fun how how Pierce like gives us um things to make the reread even more. <laughs> the word I want to say rewarding. is rewarding, flowerful, <laughs> flowery, 
but like it it makes it's like powerful it, and flowery at the same flowerful. time flowerful it makes the reread like more like vivid because mm-hmm. he's he's given every character their own depth yeah flowerful i love it flowerful. add it to the dictionary i love it that's good Dick Cross, did you go or PJ? I we have not I can't yet. answer this question. Well, yeah, it's a yeah. fair point. PJ actually can't answer this question. Tell us um, about your reread, PJ. <laughs> yeah, PJ hasn't had time to reread. What would you look for in a reread, though? Like, what would you want to try to now, focus on and pay attention to? Do you feel like to? you should mm. now that you've heard how impactful it was? Yeah, absolutely. I think I will. I don't know if you'll have time with cross. That's the problem. (laughs) And your schedule. (laughs) Until he's done with school, maybe. (laughs) After I graduate, I think I will. But even then, am I going to want to start another like long restarted long series? Yes. While doing another series in depth? I don't know. Um, have you, did you do the audiobooks yet? I was gonna say audiobooks are great for yes. just like when you're doing other things, especially if you've already like read the story. Like putting on your makeup, straightening yeah. your hair. Yeah, so like I do. It PJ walk, definitely straightens his yeah. hair. <laughs> Walking my dog. Sometimes when I'm like working or doing like admin mm-hmm. stuff at work, I'll just throw on an audiobook and listen to it. Especially, especially ones mm-hmm. I have already read because then you're kind of like you can go in and out. You don't have to listen to the story as much. I could definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start that soon. But um, what would I look for in a reread? The cookies. <laughs> I don't, the, the cookie cookies, crumbles. I guess the cookies <laughs> is one. They're Oreos, um, by the way, if you pay really close attention. <laughs> I love Oreos. They're like the so Oreo shells that someone has licked dry. Oh, I don't oh. those Oreos. <laughs> the cream is where it's at. It anyway. was me. I licked them dry. <laughs> Have you ever had the lemon Oreos? Ew. No. Oh, my God fire lemon i have get on it they're so good <laughs> get on it. i don't think i like lemon no you do what are we you into this week lemon, lemon oreos the filling lemon uh it's like a gold oreo with a lemon oh filling. you Ooh, are okay. a gold yeah, that sounds, and they're that sounds dope. They're so good <laughs> excellent that, excellent. Sounds that, good. that I, honestly sounds disgusting i don't like like lemon stuff like that but i love lemon oreos Really? So I'm yeah. a big fan of, fan of like lemon meringue bars, so I'm sure this would be right uh, up my alley. You're down. Yeah. yeah, you love them then. Yeah. All right. Mm. This episode anyway. sponsored by Lemon Oreos. Lemon Oreos. Get at us. <laughs> Brought to you by Nabisco. <laughs> Check out new Golden Sun Oreos. <laughs> Those are Golden Sun Oreos for sure. <laughs> Fillings made of lemon and the blood of your enemy. They betray you the next day. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I just look out for things that I missed entirely. Sure. And we did a pretty good job of like combing through everything, yeah. but I'm sure I missed shit. I know I did. You did. I, <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to find all of I'm it. I'm aware that I miss shit because people bring it up to me and I'm like, oh, fuck, you're right. Shit. Yeah. Two hours wasn't enough to cover that 40 pages. My bad. <laughs> so we used to talk all the time about um, sci-fi references yeah. and those kind of fell off a little bit in favor of historical references. But I realized this week and I have no idea if we brought it up on the podcast, but it escaped my memory altogether. The ship from 2001 yeah. is Orion. Yeah. The Orion. I don't know why I didn't realize It's also that. so many things, though, where it's like yeah, it's weird it's like to mention, like call stuff. that as yeah. directly. But yeah, yeah, that's a fair the, point. The what from what? The ship from the ship from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, the movie. Yeah. And the book by Isaac Asimov. 
Yeah, I didn't cool. read the book. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's only a really cool series. Neither did I. That's basically it's neat. Don't worry about it. We know you don't read. (laughs) I do now, damn it. Can PJ read? Can PJ read? Barely. (laughs) We should put a poll up. We know he listened to the audio. I can't read anymore. Now that I've gotten on the audiobooks, I like I haven't read in like two years. Yeah, I I forced myself to read, so I mean, my eyes are so dried out from working. Like, I can't even imagine looking at my Kindle. Sounds like you need some blue light glasses. I wear blue yeah, light glasses. You need just some rotos or something. I wear blue light glasses. Get some eye drops. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, in, in rereads, like I, like I said, kind of in, in the last question to some degree, like my appreciation for Iron Gold has grown a lot. Um, obviously one of the things that I didn't, I picked up on and I liked were some of the stoic and historical undertones, but in my first read, I didn't catch them. Most of them, if all of them, um, and then in subsequent reads, it kind of grew on me. And I started to understand that how inspired a lot of this is by classical literature that Pierce loves. And so yes. that, that became like an, an attachment of mine and something that I wanted to bring to the forefront with our show PJ. So mm-hmm. I, that's, that's one of my growing loves in the rereads is the appreciation of things and also has led me to read things that I've never read before. Um, you know, we talked about Kipling. I read some Kipling because of a band that I like put a couple of Kipling lyrics inside of some of their songs, um, brand new. But uh, I, I then read a lot more Kipling after Pierce Brown started to quote him so much. And that's when I started to like piece together these other components that he's he's pulling directly from Kipling a lot in Dark Age. Um, <laughs> Rudyard Kipling. I said yeah. Rudyard and I got made fun of so extensively <laughs> on our Discord. I can't even explain. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah, I was... <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, it was one of those things where I've never heard it said. And then everyone's like, Crossland, it's spelled Rud Yard. And you're saying Rue Yard as though it's like something completely different. I was like, you're yeah, I thought it was fancy. It I thought it was French. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a poet. It's got to be pretentious. Yeah, I was say that um, but yeah, that, that's, that's what I've really appreciated in rereads. That's um, really cool. More, I like that. In, in addition to characters and kind of everything else we've mentioned is, you know, when I find something that I don't know, I've spent the time to like look it up, read what it is, study it. So then I can like use that and also talk about it in the show with you. So it was yeah. kind of a, it was a fun thing. And that's a yeah. great point about Iron Gold because that book does just grow in the reread so much, especially because it's like yeah. very jarring after the first three books to change the point of views and added in and have a different perspective 10 years later. So um, that one almost kind of just like really needs a reread to really appreciate what Pierce is doing there. Yeah. PJ is the only one that I've talked to of the friends that have recommended it to on first read that really truly loved iron gold off the bat. And I think that's partially because of how slow we took it. Yeah. Um, because I think that a lot, they're used to kind of the breezy pace of the, the two books prior. Yeah. And so the way that this kind of slows down and builds all these arcs a little bit more, um, pointedly, you know, becomes. I don't becomes think I liked Iron Gold until after I read Dark Age. I remember liking Iron Gold, but being like kind of just thrown by it. Like I yeah. was just—it wasn't what I was. Expecting. It was hard as a pure audiobook. Right. I know a lot of people had that experience. That's also a, that's yeah. also true. I had a bad experience. Well, bad jarring. I would call it a jarring yeah. experience. Um, but. Mm-hmm. There's just yeah, like that Lysander narrator just doesn't have a lot of emotion in his voice. And like, I know Lysander's supposed to be really calculated, but like it almost got to a point where it's just like you were talking so fast and you're talking without any kind of emotion at all. It's just like, you're just reading. He was very off haughty of, off of a page. And then mm-hmm. Lyria was like haughty. so melodramatic. It was and just, 
It was tough. Sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Side note, that audiobook narrator that doesn't Iron Gold um, does a couple of other audiobooks incredibly well. She did Neil Gaiman. Um, Neil Gaiman? Gaiman? Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she did one of the Neil Gaiman books um, and did fantastic work there. But And uh, also did work in... I feel like my relationship with the audiobooks is completely different because I read them or I, I listen to them while I'm reading. Huh. So it's he's got the book. Because of- I read so fucking slowly. That's a lot of work. I read really, really slowly. So I put it on double speed yeah. on the audiobook and read while like, I'm listening to it because it's about the it's same like pace. The, huh. the, you're watching the captions or the subtitles. Basically. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. It just really it, it makes sure I'm focused on it, and my mind can't wander yeah. and just like scan the page and not actually take anything in. Right. Yeah. I've never tried that before. I don't know. Um, most people, I feel like, read faster than double speed on the audiobook, but I don't. Pierre so talked about it. it. She was like, "Dude, it's got to be three times." Like no, I want to skip words. But you can't compare yourself to Pierre. She listens <laughs> yeah, to everything way faster. Or, yeah, she's just like on a different, and she's like eating through books faster than all of us. Her metabolism's off or something like that. She's like a rabbit. <laughs> Book metabolism, yeah, <laughs> a rabbit. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay, so this is a fun question that was submitted by one of our uh, Discord patrons here. Uh, if you had your own legion, what would you name it? Mm. I'm ready. Oh. Yeah, got it. I have three. Okay. Dang. The Pony Patrol. <laughs> the um, Colt Commandos. And mm. and the the Philly Philanthropists. Philly Philanthropists? Yes, they are. A, a, they're like the fundraising. Yeah, they're it's helping. A bunch of silvers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so overall, they're they're horse lesions but they have their own i like that you're kind of going with the pegasus theme but they they have their own like roles under that umbrella mm, of the you. pegasus wow interesting that was good, good also work. the Sunblood you... sisters jeez wow wow you're hitting that alliteration real hard good work <laughs> off the top of your head we didn't give you these questions ahead of time that's Man. Yeah, just for everyone else's like reference really yeah. on the spot um let's see also no just <laughs> i was trying to think of another name for a horse i did used to the play gelding it. gals that yeah. doesn't make sense because the gelding's a boy horse so. the gelding gal <laughs> <laughs> doesn't quite work <laughs> the mare maulers wow. okay I'm, i'll stop <laughs> yeah, thank you <laughs> Oh man! I kind of want to throw these fourteen hands. <laughs> I think I'd go with the Mephistopheles Marauders. Um, wow! Yeah, the what yeah, I was, now? I was Mephistopheles Marauders. Specifically, Are you saying something from Cats, like well, the musical. <laughs> Okay, Mr. let's Mis- back up. Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah, but that's that's like the <laughs> nickname for the devil, which is also Morningstar and Lightbringer in theory mm-hmm. um, are both nicknames. So to go in and have a legion named after both of their um, their sort of 
I can't stop alliterating. Aaron can't stop. <laughs> PJ, do you have one? <laughs> uh, I mean, if I want to go with just something Legion, I'd go Sasquatch Legion. Mm, fair. But yeah. um, if I want to go a little bit more fun with it, I'd, I'd go Uncertainty Principle. Okay. What? I don't know. This is like Quantum a physics. physics oh. The- what? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to explain the Uncertainty Principle to us? I, you know, I don't know if I can right now. Are you uncertain? <laughs> so it, it's essentially the uh, well done. The probability that a single uh, God. How do I describe this? How do I describe this succinctly? It's almost more. It's almost more of like a philosophical concept within physics, right? Like it's a kind of. Is this part in, of your in engineering? Philosophical and I have a physics degree. <laughs> So this is this is from quantum mechanics. You um, right? <laughs> the the probability that a particle will be in a certain state as opposed to another. So that um, sounds like a cool lesion. You should definitely <laughs> Heisenberg's pick that. uncertainty principle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Mm-hmm. The Heisenberg Hellions. There, there we go. go. I got it for you. About. There you uh, go. That, we need yeah. more alliteration. Yeah. What about? But I, I mean, if it were like a a legion of, <laughs> I don't know, uh, subterfuge and rogue, yeah, not rogue, but rogue like <laughs> characters, rogue like characters, um, shadows, secrets, stuff like that. I love it. Yeah, reminds me kind of of like Zero Legion in that way, right? Where Zero Legion is like both mm. a force on the front mm. and kind of behind the Atlas's group. PJ is secretly a fear knight. Wow. Yeah. Terrifying, really. Honor harem. Honor harem? They're both like, it's alliteration, H's. but yeah. honor doesn't go. <laughs> I like Ben. I like Ben's bro. Honor harem. Honor harem. Honor harem. <laughs> I'm trying to give you a Cassius one. Oh, I we see need what, a Ben. I see you gotta, what you're going for. You gotta, you gotta pick one Ben's out of the air. Bros, the eagle eagles. Uh, the what? <laughs> the what? The eagly eagles. <laughs> Is that what ben. you just said? You need to you take can't. a break. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't have like. I'm trying to think of like animals that I like, you know, and also like think of sports teams that I was on. But I was on a team called the Wolfpack for like most of my wow life and then but before that we were the wildcats so maybe i should go with something like wildcat ew (laughs) oh i thought of mine okay i thought of mine okay all right so you know i have a weird obsession with cowboys and so mine's gonna be the cowboy legion uh i don't know i just have always wanted to be a cowboy and i'm not at all i'm like very much a city kid and I've ridden horses a few different times. Do you want to come ride my horse? But I often talk about owning a cowboy hat and probably never will. But it is a dream, you know, that I have one day. I've never known this about you. I talk to Amanda about it all the time. You don't like country music. I you know, you'd be surprised. Do you like Garth Brooks? Yes. That's I like mean, who pop- doesn't like Garth Brooks? That's like Garth popular Brooks. country. Sure. But well, yeah, Cowboy Legion for me. That kind of goes along with my rogue, like affinity for people like Cassius and Han Solo. It makes sense because you want to be the space cowboy really in your own head. It doesn't make sense being in Kansas and Ben is from not 
I'm just like I, I not was already, cowboy country. I already said it. He's I'm not from very much a, Hayes, sorry, Kansas. A city child. He's from Wichita. Ben, yeah. for the record, I am very certain you would love The Dark Tower by Stephen King if you haven't tried to touch it. Oh, yeah. I've read the first three. I think you recommended You've read that. the first three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you stopped at the fourth? <laughs> I, I'm bad about like, continuing series on. So I've like, I have a plan. I have the fourth book and I'm planning okay. to read it. All right. So now I like, I can't like, I have this really, and I did this with Dune too. Like I read Dune and now... I, and then I stopped. And then I'm now. Did I'm you guys reading... see Dune? Yes. I recommended you see yeah, Dune on the episode it. that comes out tomorrow. The How dare spice you? Spice Melange. I saw it in IMAX. The Spice Melange. With Ben. <laughs> I saw it in IMAX with Ben. And I kept looking at him like, my ears. I was like, my ears are going to explode. That it was... needs to be the drop quote yeah. for like, the episode. <laughs> spice Melange. Melange. The Spice, spice Melange. <laughs> Give me some spice. <laughs> No, Ben and I saw it, and like, first yeah. of all, the theater was like ninety degrees, and I was just was wetting my. I took off my socks, my sweater. Ben's just sitting there having a great time, and I'm like, I'm fucking melting. Anyways, it was an IMAX, <laughs> and my ears almost exploded every time, like when the loud. the creepy witch ladies came, and it was like, Ben and Chester. That's a good. That was a good. One. That was a good one. A good but it, it was like my brain was like, you know. I love that. I love that theater yeah. experience like that. Uh, it was but yeah, intense. Did we didn't with... just watch it on HBO like everyone else. <laughs> I we, went and saw it in, we in theaters and then watched ticket. it five times at home. All right, leave me five alone. Times? What have you been I've doing? I've seen it six times at this point. I don't know. Do you know have a job? <laughs> I do. I do. But yeah, I don't Damn. know. I PJ, a... did you see it? Yeah, um, well, that's actually, record to, recording wise, tomorrow we've got tomorrow <laughs> we've got an episode coming out on Dune. That's like that, yeah. we have an episode on Dune coming out nice. tomorrow. So I have to make a plug that has nothing to do with anything. But my sister in law, her aunt, is the princess in the first Dune, Virginia. Madison. Oh, wait, which which princess? The the one whose face is the full princess screen. Princess Irulan or whatever. Irulanda. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just thinking Aaliyah for some reason in my head, which so, you know, could be considered through a marriage. Sorry, she's my aunt. Well, <laughs> yeah. you should tell her who you like. Virginia Madsen. Yeah, so it's Michael Madsen's. Wife, yeah, Michael no, his Madsen. sister. His sister. Yeah, sister. Sorry. Michael Madsen wow. is also in her family, so yeah. I'm, fa- I'm famous. No, I'm just kidding. Aren't you cool? <laughs> no, that's actually awesome, though. No, my um, sister-in-law, her aunt and uncle are Virginia and Michael Madsen. But I watched the whole movie Dune 1984, and I, t- I told my brother, and he goes, that was Aunt Virginia. I was like, which one? <laughs> He's like, the, the whole face screen at the beginning. I was like, oh, shit, that was Aunt Virginia. I didn't even nice. know. That's awesome. That character isn't even in PJ, of course, has not read the book because PJ doesn't read, as we've talked about many times on the show. So <laughs> His face. PJ's, well, he PJ's not seen read. the original, he so he doesn't read. even That's know. He doesn't even know the character you're talking hey. about yet. Fantastic. I'm very excited that you guys both like Dune. Uh, it's going to be really cl- funny when like I come out recommending Dune so hard <laughs> a week after our Dune episode comes out. Uh, it'll, it'll be good. People still have the weekend. I'm to excited. See it, so. For the Dune episode, yeah, I just started. I'm like a hundred pages into Dune Messiah now, so I'm like, oh I'm yeah, gonna get. I'm gonna get better about reading sequels because I do this thing where I'm like, I just want to read the next thing. I have like a long list of stuff I want to read, so I just like. And you might die tomorrow, thing. so you have to read them all. But 
the only one that's worth it is messiah i just want to save you time okay good that's good yeah, to know personally. Uh, but as far as like stephen king and the dark tower i definitely want to get back into that but now i need to like jog my memory a bit and like reread some of that you probably get away with uh, rereading just the wastelands because yeah. it gives you enough of the rest of the characters. Just that third book, but I love those. Yeah. I love those. The drawing books, of three so. is so oh good. The drawing of three yeah, was amazing. So it's one of the best books ever. Yeah. Period. Anyway, yes, I would agree with that. It's great. All right. So, so wait, did everyone answer the Legion yes. question? Cowboy Legion. Cowboy Legion. Yeah. I, I, yep. I don't know. I think now I'm thinking Cowboy Cross would be a better <laughs> name Ooh. for a cowboy. <laughs> I'm thinking that Excellent. my legion like does a lot of pirate like, PJ scouting. Cowboy Cross. <laughs> pirate PJ. <laughs> These are our nicknames now. PJ are <laughs> pirate peaches. Let's be real. <laughs> That's all you got as he as he goes by. Excellent. You guys, you didn't think of one for either of you. Good work. Good work. <laughs> Eagle-eyed Aaron and Ooh, uh, beautiful Ben. <laughs> you cod. Oh, wow. You cod. <laughs> right. I don't know. There's, what there's our pirate crew. <laughs> it's good. Screech. <laughs> what two characters? This is another question lingering over. What char- two characters do you want to see interact most in book six? Darrow and Fa. I want the throwdown. Wow. All right. You came out of that quick, too. Really. I just want that. I want that throwdown because I don't yeah. think anybody can step too far except Darrow. And probably not even Darrow, but I want to see him try. I'm going to say Darrow and Severo because oh. I want to know what the fuck happens. <laughs> <laughs> they did break up. They're in a breakup. I want right to know yeah. if Severo is, is brain diddled. And I think. Darrow, that is going to be a tough moment. And him confronting each yeah. other won't be. Are you guys on board with that theory that Severo is going to be brain diddled assassin? I think so. I think that'll be played against Darrow specifically. I think that that makes a lot of sense. PJ, your thoughts? Mm. This might be the first you're hearing of it. To be honest, do you know I, what brain diddled refers to? <laughs> <laughs> the pandemonium. Right? Okay. Yes. So he gets it. It's very. PJ, yeah, so right. happy to have um, you on board. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that. It sounded, That's a, that sounds one's just going to like hurt real bad. I'm ready. Stab me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I just want more smut between Atalantia and... <laughs> Ew, you're gross. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> Did you write that down as a note? I saw you staring down. <laughs> Bring <No>. this up. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh no, that that hate fuck is pretty bad though. Let's be real. Mm. What was that? I said that hate fuck is pretty bad though. Let's be real. Like, but that I don't know. It's oof. a full hate fuck. I don't think it is. I think it's evolving into one, especially after the the like knowledge with uh, um, just anatomically. I think as a man, Kalindora. it can't like fully be a hate fuck. Right, he's into it. Uh, I like that your guys's point though that you had brought up on your podcast about that's the first true sex scene that we get in this entire series. We get like a tea. (laughs) (laughs) We get, we get a tease. Horrible. That that's six books. Pure made a fantastic point. She's like, Pierce did this intentionally. Pierce did this to fuck with us. He knew that we wanted something and he gave us this. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, Lee, what a tough one. In 
in earnestness, though, I want to see Pax and Darrow. Mm. I want to see more actual father-son conversation. It's a great moment in Iron Gold. Once again, we're just naming off all these like the, great the one moment that we yeah. get. <laughs> a chapter right moments. after well, the awesome. Pax, yeah. I mean, Pax has changed a lot since Darrow saw him last. I'm just saying. I mean, for he's a, bad a book, fucking a badass pilot now yeah. who saves people, and he's like been you know beaten and slapped, and you know, I think he's he's changed a lot. So I think maybe he might be a little more understanding of his father. Yeah. You know, because he's like suffered the same, you know, inhuman treatment as his father has from all these baddies. So maybe he'll have a little more sympathy. I think he's completely understood. At least, well, I just hit my desk with my knee because tall motherfucker. Legs are too long. Yep. Sasquatch Legion. (laughs) (laughs) Can I join your Legion? I mean, I'm pretty tall for a girl. Sasquatch Squad. Come on on. Thanks. Come on on. Come on board. Damn it, Ben, we're alone again. <laughs> yeah. Towards the end of the book. All by myself. I can't remember exactly what scene it was, but Pax talks about how he completely understands Darrow's like predicament that he's in. Mm-hmm. He does. Like he has feelings as a child, as a son, but he is completely understanding where those decisions come from, which is super obviously mature and a little bit sad but i i think it'll be a very interesting meeting because i don't think it'll be why did you leave me there's not going to be any of that sort of thing it's going to be how do we build our our relationship from here from both sides going to be such an emotional moment yeah i had that another one but i realized where really you went no you can go again a singing <laughs> Uh, one I don't want to see the most is Victra <laughs> and Severo. Ooh. You don't want to see that? No, because it's going to be so bad. Oh, because he's going to be brain diddled. It's, he's going to be brain diddled. Her fucking son got nailed upside down. Like, there's a lot of like uh, bad bringing up Ulysses. Shit. That I actually know you say that I'm imagining that being the scene where we confront a, a negative, a bad Severo, being like Victra trying to explain, and like Ooh. that being the first moment that we see Severo again. And that sounds atrocious. That sounds yeah, awful. Just scout me out. I, I'm hurt by the <laughs> maybe, idea here, maybe Aaron. Maybe I can't I'll, believe that I didn't think of that. Maybe I'll. Skip That's the past. worst case scenario. Oh, so that is gutting. The question is, what do you want to see? Yes. So cross. You know, I I really want to see. Um, like Atlas and Mustang. That would be like a dream, a dream pairing to me in, in some regard inside of scenes, because I think that that would be a true, like Atlas seems to have the mind's eye, like seems to have a good grasp on this. And Mustang is just so much smarter than everyone else that I think without even knowing what the mind's eye is, she seems competent enough to like grab onto a lot of those details. So I'd be curious to see their like mental chess game that would happen in a room together. And I think that that would be a fantastic scene to see. Nice. That would be a hell of a chess match. So last time we asked, how's the comeback going? And obviously we are we are a part of the first part of this comeback. But how's how's it going? How do you guys feel coming back to the show and everything else after, you know, the break? And it's horrible. (laughs) That's not a great way to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like a mini like interim. I wouldn't call it a comeback. It's like a 
It's like don't call it a comeback. It's like a um, interlude while we wait for book six. Yeah, we're we're figuring it out. Like it's been awesome to pod again. Like it's fun hanging out with Aaron uh, most of the time. And uh, <laughs> as if we don't hang out every day, anyways. It's fine. I see enough on Instagram that know that you guys spend time together constantly. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> no, and then like so, we've had uh, really great guests. Obviously, we've had like a really fun show with you guys. That was that we're pretty shitty. I'm sorry, Let's I'm like deep throating this truly popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to eat it. You have to like. I think that's pretty much that's pretty much what you do. You like sure you squeeze put your it out. Microphone right next to your mouth while you're doing it, please. <laughs> you just you gotta like really suck on it. <laughs> you just gotta really suck on it. Uh, yeah, but it's been cool uh, being back. And Woo! are you okay? It's tart. I just got a mouthful. <laughs> okay, I'm done with my truly popsicle. Okay. You can continue. Thank you. <laughs> 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 this episode this is, is sponsored by, <laughs> sponsored by truly 21 plus contains alcohol a lot of people are very aware that we heavily edit our episodes for this very reason <laughs> not you aaron but because we also wow. do this often <laughs> i i have a feeling we're gonna leave all of that you're probably right. you're, you're correct so here. i've really enjoyed the Draft. I really enjoyed the draft. Um, even though I was like, this sounds stupid because I hate sports things. You did tell me that multiple times. I was like, this is dumb. And then we did it anyway, and I've really enjoyed it because it's fun to like think about Mm -hmm. the books in terms of the best moments. And it's a good way to like remember like some niche exciting things that have happened in each book and it's also fun to win i was gonna say (laughs) do you want to hear really why it's been fun for her it's because she's won the last two drafts i like winning (laughs) i'm very excited to win the da draft for the record i like being the most liked (laughs) i don't care if i lose i just want Ben to also lose. I think that I'm I'm gonna have a like I feel good. I'm editing our Iron Gold draft right now and I'm feeling good about where I'm at right now. Sure. So I think that I might be able to squeeze out a win on that one. Although you have a strong following and it's tough. So it's because I got the jokes. I definitely know Did I'm not. Did you see winning. that? A bug just hit me in the face. Really? Yes. You deserved it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not winning the Dark Age draft, so I'm really putting a lot of my hopes and dreams on. Who's the, winning it? The Iron Gold draft. I don't know. It's just I know it's not me because my draft was terrible. Uh, PJ is raising his hand. PJ <laughs> believes that he's going to win this draft, and that's absolute tomfoolery. <laughs> but no, it's been fun to get back and like interact with the community again. Like we were obviously like still doing a lot on Instagram and stuff like that, but um, having episodes and getting emails in from people and being able to talk with like our our old uh howler pod crew again has been really awesome um you're part of the crew guys yeah you guys freaking... I, meant to, I meant to do a piece thanks we appreciate it we love this Miley. yeah that was oops <laughs> yeah shout out miles shout out heather like we had such like a magical like afternoon drafting with magical. heather she's so amazing and Have you guys talked to Heather? You should. 
No, but I've listened to a lot of Heather's uh, historical context over the course of, of the show, right? Over the course of your guys' show. Mm-hmm. And I, I also intentionally didn't overlap with anything that was said on your show. So, oh. like, after hearing it, because I didn't want to double up for everyone's ears, I was yeah. like, everyone, everything can be new for everyone. Yeah. So, it was kind of no, was she's my awesome. And, uh, and then it's fun to also always fun to, like... I she's president. Yeah, she's, she's going <laughs> to save the world. I she's think. incredibly intelligent. Yeah. It's also fun to just like shoot the shit with Logan and um, Thomas and then you guys. And so that experience yes. has been good. And then like we're trying to figure out Mo- mostly you guys trying to figure out a few more episodes to do. So Aaron, so she's not in on that plan yet. So <laughs> fair enough. I'm not in on it. Like I, you, I'm kicked out. No, you I just haven't informed. Ben you has what to you're keep me around because of my Photoshop skills. No, I just haven't informed you of what you're doing yet. That's all. So fun. So as far as book six goes, mm-hmm. do you guys have a roadmap for what what it's going to look like for the show when that gets released? It'll probably be uh, another reread. We'll definitely chapter do by chapter. Yeah, we have like we'll do an Insta reaction. Um, I would like to do. I've an ep- <laughs> I'm going to put this out there. Somebody can probably steal it if they want to. But uh, I have an episode idea before it comes out for a prediction purge with like the purge siren. And then sixty minutes of predictions, uh, and so that, of just like six. statements. <laughs> yes, nice. With, no, I just want like people to call it. Call in. We can, yeah. You like we can have people come on. I just want people like I just want a solid hour prediction hour and call it the prediction purge. So you can just get every single thing, every purge. Take Let's do it. Have. You guys in? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll, sub- we'll send mean, in predictions. You guys, for sure. If you guys we'll want to share it with us, yeah, <laughs> you guys ready to purge? But I really just want the <laughs> just I really kidding. want the purge sound to happen mm-hmm. in the episode, and then yeah, the takes. That's the main. I want, thing. I want the War of the World sound <laughs> yeah. instead. Like I want, I want the big laser sound. The <laughs> burr, burr. and anyway. then I know what that means more than I know what the purge. Yeah, means. you don't watch horror <laughs> movies, so you probably don't know the por- the purge. But I don't watch scary movies. So War yeah, the World's a scary movie though. Yeah, but it's like zombies. Uh, aliens, aliens, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> World of Worlds isn't scary. It's like an action movie. Right. Yeah. Purge is the purge is too purge much for murdering. you. Baby eyes, yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, we'll we'll do a prediction purge. We'll do an instant reaction once it comes out, and then we'll dive in and do like kind of our chapter by chapter reread that we have been doing. Um we're hoping that Pierce goes back on a book tour. And uh, we can get out there and we hopefully can meet up. Um, interview so, him again. So we should coordinate. You did say reread mm-hmm. just now. Are you planning on reading it before doing any sort of? We'll read it edit, or like any sort of recording. Or do you want to try to read it while you record? Sure. Um, so yeah, typically what we do, like the way that Hallerpod works, kind of we want to reread it with the perspective of knowing what happens. And so Re- you okay. mean record it with the perspective knowing. Like Sorry, the chapter yeah. by record chapter. our episodes with the perspective of knowing what happens. That way we can kind of unlike PJ, we like to know what's happening. Right. So we come at it with like uh, <laughs> the way we did it with Dark Age is we read it and then we did kind of like an instant reaction episode, talked about our thoughts, feelings, favorite parts, that type of stuff, and then we um, read it again uh, and did like five or six chapters at a time, and then just made those into single episodes. And so then we can kind of talk about it within the context of the larger story and by the way behind the scenes is ben saying 
Aaron finish dark age. We need to record our Instagram. I'm like, I can't fucking finish it. I'm too depressed to keep reading. Yeah. It's not like an instant reaction if it comes out. And you're like, oh, we need, <laughs> we need to record. I'm like, fine. I'll just be more depressed. Yeah. She was pretty upset by the time we recorded that episode. I wasn't having a great time. Yeah. But after that, like, I don't know. We, we have got after book six comes out, who knows? Like we're, we hope that there's television news by that point, and then that kind of would be kind of our next step for the podcast. So we'll see where it goes. And if I recall, uh, have you guys covered the Sons of Aries comic books at all? No, uh, that was so going to be, be kind of part of this interlude that we're mm-hmm. doing. But I did uh, just listen to the audio dramas, which yeah, were, the graphic audio, yeah, which were great, especially the first one. I like the first one a did lot. Did you guys more. listen to those? Than the second one. I've listened to the not first yet. one now. Um, I've read both comic books. PJ is not yet. I are you, think, you guys are planning to do an episode on that? It, is right? next week. Nice. So okay. yeah. that that's the first audio drama that I've listened to. And at first, I was kind of like, "This is kind of cheesy," but then I like really got into it, and I was like, "This is fucking awesome." Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've read the comics a few times, and like I didn't. Honestly, Have you done? Like, did you do the audio drama yet? Yeah, yeah, I did those too. I like the audio dramas. Like the uh, first book and and audio drama, though, I think I do think it is a bar is a better story than yeah. the second one. I would agree. I like I like the first book more than the second. And then, like for me, I'm I understand the art style, but didn't love it. So, do you even yeah. like comic books? Yeah, I've read a lot of a lot of comic books. I don't think I've ever read a comic book. Did you actually read those, or did you just listen to the audio drama? I I opened it. Good job. <laughs> it's better than I expected. <laughs> it's just like I have an older brother, and like he was super into comic books, so I think I like was like that's stupid boy shit. Yeah, you you just like pushed it away. You that's know. Fair. Yeah. I mean, comic books, they kind of remind me of like Powerpuff Girls, which I was into. It's not like my favorite medium for reading stuff. And Powerpuff Girls are framed as like comics for kids, though, yeah. Yeah. for sure. The way that like those shots are all. Yeah. yeah. So like, I yeah. like Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. <laughs> so you should like comics. Yeah. That's I don't what know. I'm hearing. I'll try it before we record, obviously. I'll I've gotten in them. and out of them over the years. Like, um, yeah. I got really into them for a while and read a bunch. Just kind of more of like the classic type major comic storylines kind of collected the trades and that kind of thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, but Thanks. that's about it. So I do think that they're definitely worth like checking out They're uh, good extension yeah. of the story. And just like, ours, and the first one's like really, I thought was really good, especially once you read like the, uh, the audio dramas on that one's pretty good. So, but to sum up our plans, um, don't include anything that's not related to the red rising series at this time. At this of time, course. yeah, right. But right. we've got like I don't know, we've got some projects we're working on. Hallerpod Idol, if yes. Aaron ever records a song, wow, that I wrote for her. Um, Steady. <laughs> <laughs> I did all the work. You just need to do the other part of the work. Uh, PJ and I are studying together. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll be in and out from here on out, probably kind of until book six comes out. So. As I get some ideas for podcasts, we'll probably do them and then we'll take some breaks and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, have us on yours in the, in the interim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I love podcasting and just for us, like, and for kind of like where we're at, I think is just 
we're at a good level right now. <laughs> we're like, yeah, and right. we're not wanting to. I don't know. We're especially where we're at. We're we're giving our stuff away for free. Like it's not. Yeah. Where we don't feel like super obligated to like consistently produce, produce content. So um, it's okay for us to just kind of come in. It's and out. hard enough to get Ben for Ben to get me to record because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so busy. <laughs> me and PJ studying, living our lives. Right, PJ. Barely. <laughs> just like, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant barely living your life. <laughs> it's like, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm studying, <laughs> not doing fucking anything. He just got 80 hours a week of like other work, and then he does this for 20 hours a week. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a full and you know, basically a part time job. Yeah. But. And then I try to maintain a relationship. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that didn't get dark. All right. So. <laughs> How's that going? Is that taking a turn? It's good. No, if it were a problem, we'd adjust. <laughs> okay. yeah. Once you're married, it takes like legal action to get rid of you. So I can do whatever I want. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Is that your counter advice? <laughs> Just get yeah. married. Make it, married. It takes a lot more, you know, time and money to end it. <laughs> you're, then you're locked in. It yeah. is, that's how it works. Then you can podcast all you want. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right. So but yeah, to thank wrap you that, so much. Wrap that up about what we were saying. Uh, what were in we our saying? Howler pod and what we're doing. <laughs> we probably won't be like consistently producing content until there's new content for us to talk about um we'll try like and do stuff like we've done with the drafts and fun stuff ben has done a great job of keeping our heart beating at 40 beats per minute yeah so uh, we love being like i love the community i love interacting with people online about it so that that's been always been really cool and um like the friends that we've made out of it is awesome like you guys like you guys and uh we brought you here today to tell you how special you are to us once book six comes out i brought you here today to tell us how special (laughs) we are (laughs) (laughs) me crossland shaw of words and whiskey brought you here today (laughs) to tell you how special you are to us but yeah we'll be up more consistent once the book six comes out and then like if a tv shows arts we'll be we'll be all over that so Hopefully it doesn't suck. Wouldn't that be hard? People like understand. that'd be really be interesting to talk about. Really like, tough. what if it's like The Magicians? Did you ever watch that? Oh my Ooh, God, dude. <laughs> I didn't like that book. So that's, that's yeah, the I, other thing. Like, I feel like I'd be obligated to watch all of it, even if it sucks. Sure, I just I, I, I wouldn't be, be able to. Watch it, I wouldn't be able to be like this. Doesn't suck. Sure, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think there's different you know ways. What like I mean? that's I don't know. There's ways you can appreciate stuff. Like yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily like equate the books to a TV show. Like I'm not going to be devastated if a TV show is bad. To to Ben's point, maybe this is just my philosophy. Is like I try to approach media from the perspective of what were they trying to do here, yeah. and can I appreciate what they were trying to do? And only in certain egregious cases can I be like, nope. There's absolutely right. nothing to like here. You can still be critical of like the things that you don't like, but like at the very least approaching it from a positive viewpoint of like, oh, well, they couldn't nail down Obsidian, so they adjusted scale. Yeah. That's fair. That's I reasonable. think people are going to have a large issue with a lot of stuff, and it's going to be kind of like 
stuff that I don't think that finicky. Yeah. Yes, it seems like about the characters, especially that's what's tough about like super fans or like super yeah. popular books is the the show or the movie. It's never as good in like yeah. here, across the board. There's never been a, like a show that's been better than the book. It can be good and like amazing Rare like, cases. Like, yeah. yeah. And like they can do it well. It's just like it's just different. And it's OK yeah. that there's like differences like, between. But yes, like yeah. there's, it's OK. That there's differences between that. It's not exact retelling of the book. Um, it's like the right. first like, you know, five seasons of Game of Thrones. Like that's that was awesome television. Um, and it's not exactly and then when they ran the out of books. I mean, they there was like a lot of season five. I season didn't six hate it. Is not. I on didn't a book track, it. Fun. But uh, right. I think seven and eight, you know, like it was tough. That was obviously like there was execution problems going on there and, and storytelling yeah. problems, not necessarily like, I don't know. They didn't do like acting adaptations, yeah, yeah. that type of stuff. So, you know, like I think people are going to have an issue because I don't think they're going to be able to like do obsidians and golds and reds and like make the size difference. They did it feasible. in fucking so, Lord of the Rings. But that was with four characters. They did it with Hagrid. That was with one character. <laughs> <laughs> so what if it was animated? Well, that's that's the constant question, sure. BJ, is like, what if it's animated? But Pierce Brown has actively said that he doesn't want it's, to go animated first. Like he said, live action constantly. That's been his push. And I'm sure like as okay. a as a individual who's in charge of a creative project, that's what you want. You want I it to be this need, is he in larger charge than of thing. the project. Yeah. Yeah. He has a, retained the okay. rights the whole time. He's like okay. a good to know. That's a why co-creator it's, it's on the kind show. Of, it almost happened and then didn't. Yeah, because he he pulled the plug when they were like they tried to make Adrius female. I think was one of the big changes that a studio suggested. He was like, no, that can't yeah. happen. And so he pulled that the plug. That doesn't in the make sense operation. because, um, especially like towards the end of the first trilogy, and especially in the second trilogy, there's so many prominent female characters. So why right. would you need to like just make them? a male female just to like just to do it i mean that doesn't make any sense oh sorry it wasn't it wasn't adrius it was severo that was the one that they wanted to make female because they wanted to create a a love love triangle triangle problem between mustang darrow and severo (laughs) which is like totally (laughs) illogical because the actual love triangle is already who's dead (laughs) and he's darrow still loves you who's dead and then you have mustang and you already have love triangle yeah. with right. your bro Severo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also it doesn't true. have to be sexual. Right. Right. So I hate yeah, everyone. That was, that was a big reason. It's an adaptation. It's not going to be the books. Like I just it's it's never going to fit your mind's eye. And I like I t- understand the answer. Mind's eye. That was good. That was good. Good work. Oh. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, That's a good pun. The I understand like the animation angle too and like why people would want that. I think it would be cool, but that it doesn't seem realistic to me. Um, so I don't. Doesn't I don't seem think Pierce I've ever Brown heard realistic. anybody that yeah. wants it to be animated. But I feel like the only way to make it true to the book, sure, would be to make it animated yeah. without it being really kind of awkward to to shoot. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Is like I think that they're going to have to adapt some of that stuff, and some of that stuff's going to have to change for television. And then people are just going to have to be okay with it. It's a it's a adaptation of the story. It's a different thing than the I books. do think that the fan base for these books is extremely They're just protective. Like, no, I was gonna say is extremely like open and caring and supportive. Sure. Like That's you rare you rarely see someone post like some art or something that they made 
And everyone's like, oh my God, great job, you know, whatever. I do think yeah. that they're ready to gatekeep a TV show, though. <laughs> I would agree with you on that hardcore. That is like one of the, th- well, that's one of those things where it's like agreed inside of the community, very supportive, absolutely yes. adore everyone inside. Yes. But it feels like one of those things where the moment a detail's off, it could it could spell internal doom I know, in its own way. Yeah. It worries me slightly because it's like, you know, you can still have the books. You can still embrace the story as and whatever it means to you is super important. And a TV show isn't going to ruin that is all I'm saying. Like, you know, like whatever happens, hopefully it adds to it. Yes, hopefully it hopefully gives you a different like, lens on exactly on characters like Quinn. Like it would it would exactly. lend to like Quinn, Leah, like it, it could give other stories a chance. Yes. I, and I that's think the great thing that happens during yeah. TV shows is like a character comes up in the first season, that character can become popular. They can see the reaction mm-hmm. to it. And then that character can be written with more depth and have a, a different arc or do something different. So like the story can grow in different ways, uh, still be true to the story and true to the ideas that Pierce had, but um, it's just like a different, a little different retelling. So, yeah. So going kind of building off of that idea, um, do you think we'd follow Darrow exclusively as the protagonist? Or do you think you'd go multiple point of views like the later books within the first trilogy? I think the first episode would like keep tight to Darrow. And then after that, it might break off. And that's when you start to introduce other POVs. Yeah, I would agree. It would be. It would it would need to be broken apart. And I think that they're gonna add stuff like to me it seems like, you know, it would be good to add stuff in like from the minds more like add more depth to Darrow's family, maybe give us some like more academy time instead of just like opening up in Golden Sun already finished at the Academy basically. So yeah. that type of stuff I feel like is going to get more and more fleshed out. I've I've got one hyper specific example that I want to bring up. PJ, when we were reading Red Rising, the original book, you had a you had trouble with the scene in which Leah and Roke go to the cliff where he's like gonna kiss her, right? Or go goes to the river or, or where, wherever they're like absconding together. And you believed that there were there were other things going on inside that scene that could be nefarious, that it might be Leah that's behind like the killing Roke and, and that became like a, a thing for a bit. I know that you don't remember this. All All that, all that I'm saying, (laughs) all that I'm saying is I I don't believe that you remember the conspiracy, but my point is like in a show, you can't just have there be lines about that going on in the background. You have to show it. You have to show them approaching the river. You have to show them. So you're going to have to have a multi cam. Like it's not going to be a single cam on Darrow the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think in order to build out the universe in that way, you, you'd have to do things like that. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I know I keep Aaron. like just comparing yeah. it to Game of Thrones, but like I think there's a lot of things that Game of Thrones did that didn't happen in the books that were still true to the mm-hmm. characters and true to the story that um, that were awesome developments and um, helped in- enhance like uh, my enjoyment of those books, like going back through and like obviously it's not a one to one storytelling, but like uh, there are moments that were different. Uh, but still stayed true to the ideas of the book and still stayed true to the characters that were involved. And it was really cool to see on TV. So I think that's something that can happen with red rising and something that we're all just gonna have to like be okay with and accept as we. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously the fans, we all complain about like iron gold narrators on the audiobooks or like 
Cassius. Right. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like the little things that are off. But I think as a whole, people are like, people want to enjoy it. Yeah. As a whole, yeah. obviously, there's yeah. the few that want to like point out how smart they are by pointing out all the discrepancies. But you know, I think yeah. as a whole, I think we'll all just be like thankful that the series that we love, like, actually made it to right. production because you know most don't. And Pierce has said like he is going to have a co-creator like credit on the TV show. So with him being involved, to me. Once it gets greenlit, hopefully it does. Yeah. If he has that credit, he's going to be majorly involved in the storytelling. So, like, if there's deviations, like, to me, like, he's going to be signing off on those. And co-creator means writer's room for the record. Like, he is he has planted himself firmly saying that I am going to be in the writer's room. We will. So I'm going to trust his process. Because he is our Lord and Savior, Pierce Brown. Um, I I don't think anyone can cl- complain about any like huge deviations if right. he is on board with it, you know. Yeah, right. Right. Because it, it's his fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like at the same time, like if he wants to remix components that he disagrees with in the first part, like yeah. why shouldn't he be allowed to do that? Like, especially if it sets up stuff later. Yeah. There's so many things that like he just kind of like drops here and there that could like use fleshing out or that could have like been a little like, bit more timeless and the dog. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> like maybe, I it could have been planted on one side or the other. It could have been planted back in the original trilogy and then like paid off in sure. Iron Gold in some way. Like you, you could solve that either on either side of it. So yeah, I, I'm that's that's the reality of an adaptation. I, I always think of it as more of like a remix. Yeah, um, and like how close does a remix adhere to the original text? I think that's a great way to think about it as yeah. well. From Genevieve, uh, which is one of our followers, wrote in, wrote a long, wonderful email to us about a number of different things. It was amazing. The name Genevieve. Such a good, like if, such a good, if my name was Genevieve, like, I just feel like my hair would be more beautiful. I would like wear gowns. Mm -hmm. Maybe I would. Their last name also fits perfectly here, but I'm not going to say it on the show, but it's like. You're like wow, all right. Like, I, feel that like, I feel like I would belong in like I love a good medieval name. times. Right, I'm a big name right. guy. Just like, <laughs> yeah. are you? I appreciate a, a great name, name guy. Like Cross, he's got a great name, Cross and Shaw. Why? Thank you. You know that is that, that is a pops. famous name. Yeah, I'm always jealous of people with good names because I have a weird last name. So you have a great name. I mean, my first name is your fine. last name could be Dix. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. My brother's initials is BJ's, so that's awful for him. <laughs> yeah. <but>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Bingham got fucked. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so Genevieve from, says. From Genevieve, as for predictions, I'd love to know where you think Cassius and Darrow are headed. Do you think we'll find out how Cassius actually escaped? And if so, how do you think he did it? Hmm. Okay. So I would say. Yes, we'll find out how Cassius escapes because it feels like we're going to talk to him pretty soon. Sure. Uh, into we have book to. six. Yeah. How do I think he did it? I think, I think what he's telling is probably the truth. Diomedes helped him get over to Europa and he escaped from there. Although the only thing that don't, doesn't line up with that story is like, why is the Archimedes there and how did he get it back and fly it away? So that makes me feel like the only, 
you know, kind of wild card there is maybe Diomedes was involved and actually just like let him go. Uh, but I, for the most part, I feel like I would just take Cassius's word on what he said happened to Cavix. And then where are they going? I hope they're going to Luna to rescue Severo. And I, boys club, right? Sleepover. Yes. Sleepovers. Get back in the ship. Fly back to Mars. Severo doesn't yep. get brain diddled. Swerve, you know. Instead of everybody thinks several gets brain diddled. We adopt Abominadrius as a new child and raise him boys club. <laughs> no, sleepovers. I don't care about that part. Uh, kill on. One would hope though. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Like, hopefully he gets turned to the good side. Like that just feels like the path that he should take. Anyways, <laughs> yes. Abominadrius. He's so yeah. obsessed with Mustang. Call- I feel like he <laughs> yeah. definitely is going to like surprise everyone by like doing the right thing. Yeah. I don't. It- think that that's what's going to happen but that's what i hope happens for them sure yep. yeah i would agree yeah yeah what do you think you i think the exact same thing yeah okay that's where we're at on that one collectively hallerpod is on the same page <laughs> yes. pj disagree Hall- with Hall- whatever i'm going it's pretty to say rare for us to be on the same page so. <laughs> it's getting late so i'm more likely to agree <laughs> with agreeable at this point <laughs> PJ, you said you don't trust him. I don't trust him because I feel like him just coming you back. You don't trust being, Cassius? Being nah, on the good side. <laughs> PJ is, PJ is never trusting Cassius the whole easy. time. Yeah. And you like Lysander. It's PJ, too fucking easy. PJ, he doesn't like Lysander. When, do I, when did I ever say PJ, that? PJ, <laughs> I think you're wrong. <laughs> I would love to see you be right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think that he's doing then? He's just like driving Darrow back to a, think, Atlantia or something? Mm, not necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily straight up Atlantia. I think I think there's a third front here. I think the rim isn't necessarily perfectly in line with the society rim. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if it's necessarily a third political power. Other motivations. I'm I'm really not sure. But I think it's too clean to just let him be perfect, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think there's a catch here. I could definitely see him not being just, like, super into supporting exactly what Daryl wants to do. I don't think he's up to, like, nefarious stuff, though. I don't think it's necessarily nefarious, but I, I think it's not perfectly aligned yeah. with I can see that. I, th- I think there's ulterior motives here. I don't think it's aligned with the society remnant. I don't think it's necessarily even aligned with the rim. Maybe it leans towards leans towards uh, uh, towards Darrow's like goals, but I I think they're on different paths, and I really don't know what they are. Right why now. would he? Why would Cassius go risk his life to save Darrow though, if his path wasn't aligned with Cavix and the mission that he sent him on to save Darrow? Like he, he because whatever his path like, is needs Darrow in, to be. He's flying into like certain death when he goes to save Darrow. Because Darrow's the one that opposes the society, and getting Darrow out of there alive makes for taking down the society remnant an easier feat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is like? It, it, what is he? It's not that they're necessarily perfect allies. But I don't think that, like, I think they are aligned to a certain respect, but I don't think they are going for the same thing. Yeah. And I think Cassius needs Darrow to be the antagonist to the society remnant. So he needs to help them get out of the bind that they're in. 
I'm so glad that someone else is interrogating PJ's opinion. No, it's so I, I like this. No, it's it's so like, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that lines up with like Cassius's character, kind of like what you're saying. So I think that's a good read on like his character that his agenda is not necessarily going to be like lockstep with Darrow. Um, so that's that's definitely something to consider. I think Cassius's agenda sure. is to do the right thing, and he's always trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But the right thing keeps like shifting, shifting sands, shifting tides under (laughs) his feet. So at this point, the right thing is to save Darrow and to help the rising. Yeah. And I think that falls in line with what I'm saying, too. I I think my prediction on this falls into that as well. I could definitely see like Darrow being like, I need you to do this, Cassius. And Cassius being like, no, I have a different idea about that. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I could see that. I don't yeah. know. Maybe Cassius is still trying to get after Mustang. <laughs> could be. <laughs> like, I'm going to get on Mustang's good side by saving her husband from certain death, but then, like, I'm going to move in. Yeah. It was like three weeks ago during an episode that I, I mentally cataloged how kind of forbidden their love is in some contexts because of the whole Nero mm-hmm. relationship with Iona Bologna. And ever since I've been like, that was never going to work out. Like there, there was no way. What's more you're, forbidden you're, though than being a different color? Well, one would hope that societal and standards on of the, the Republic like, that's sides different, of the pyramid. But, <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But you know, that was, that was just my thought with like Cassius and must right. Virginia, the very least is like, it was, was it ever going to work out like someone was going to behead the other and feed the other one grapes like it was always going to be bad and it was also like um that was one thing where i was like would he still be hung up on her 10 years later that was kind of a question that i would have but um but i mean she is amazing he is, i think he would he amazing is, person in one no that's, he he is yeah. he is hung up on her lysander talks about him no yeah that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah. it's like i'm saying does that kind of like fall in line with his character you think or i don't know i think well, it, it does I, because it was written sh- sure uh I get it has saying. been written yeah. it has happened it has been written and i do think like i i agree with kind of what you're saying cross like it does make sense for it cassius to have that like unrequited love for her he had her for that moment he needs to be kind of like a sad sack at that point so yeah, yeah makes right sense. his honor remains <laughs> in a sad boy way yeah in a sad sack kind of way. All right. Well, I will. I would say that I think that like Cassius and Darrow's relationship is. I think that Cassius mostly told the truth, but I think that it's also like Pierce trying to like. There, there's like a meta context here. Yeah. I think that Pierce didn't want to be fully honest with however it happened, and so we will then be exposed to whatever specifically happened because Cassius doesn't really know the sides of the Republic and who to like trust mm-hmm. inside of those moments. So. He's explained Cavax because he thinks that he's very trustworthy, but at the same time, he's withholding details. Yeah. So I think that in the end, we see something along the lines. I, I do kind of agree with you, Ben, that I think that it is ultimately Diomedes who is kind of on the side of of Cassius and kind of juxtaposed to the Rim's opinion here. I think that he, you know, is kind of it's not fighting against it so much, but he doesn't agree with his mom. I think Diomedes, the only reason he let Cassius go is because Cassius uh, in the dueling place uh, fought for his honor and he won. Yeah. And therefore he, d- he like won so his freedom. Yeah. 
And so um, honorably, Diomedes has to let him go. And and Diomedes, period, is just doing the honorable thing. And it isn't political for him. It's like, this is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. for an honorable person. And he just watched his father do the most honorable thing, which is like sentence yourself to death by telling the truth. So he's like, I'm going to do the most honorable thing and let this free man go who just, you know, won his blood yeah. feud basically. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that Diomedes let Cassius like go deeper than that. Politically. Yeah. I think he just let Cassius go because it was honorable period. I, I think at a minimum you're right. Yeah. Like at a minimum that is, that is the base standard because it is honorable. I also think that, given the perspective that we we have on diomedes he does not agree with the path that his mom wants to take inside of the war yeah and even as like the vassal for the rim he doesn't really agree even with what analantia is thinking about and there's that whole perspective that like he was unwilling to step into the war he also got his cloak because <sighs> every every book has to have a little bit of pee in it, <laughs> no, you know I like was, every book i know that i've talked about this before with yeah. you at least i don't know maybe with you guys but just the time that it would take to whip out your dick pee and then stop peeing and then put it back in your armor i mean that's like a long pause of like all that's happening is peeing right and everyone's just standing there watching it like that's mm-hmm. a pretty like awkward span of time Extremely. anyways Every time it happens, would, I'm like, that's it would be all, uncomfortable. That's like, a, <laughs> yeah. it be. it's not like, hey, dude, what the fuck? Are you peeing? It's not no, even it's like, like it's a, a power quiet, move. You're just like, like what the pee. fuck? It's like a quiet public pee. Yeah. It's a power move because they'd have to make the decision so quickly. Like they're, they're <laughs> yeah. not like contemplating it at all. They're like, fuck you. I'm peeing on you like <laughs> yeah. two minutes prior. And they're like working their way up to like peeing on you and they have to undo everything. And I just and I, yeah, just I imagine it not being an easy process. The passersby or like the just people not really involved that are just like, oh, is he peeing? <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. I was going to say there's a college humor series called Troopers, which is about the stormtroopers like watching everything else go out on around them. <laughs> and this is exactly one of those scenes where you'd see like a bunch of people pass by and you'd be like, they'd be like, what the fuck is going on there? Like, who is that? Why does he have a big is cloak? HX Why is he peeing on the other guy? <laughs> yeah. Again? Does he need a toilet? Did, did he did? Does he not know that lot. he can pee in his suit? Like, yeah. there's there's a bunch of questions. You guys there. see Ajax peeing on that guy's <laughs> Again? cloak? No, it'd be like a, he does this all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's the fourth time this week. I've been cleaning cloaks now for so long, and I swear to God, if I have to clean another Legio Legion, like Legion cloak, I'm going to lose on the it. Floor from yeah. peeing on things. Jeez. Yeah, it's just absolutely worthless. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Love that. How did we? Um, yeah, how I, did we get here? <laughs> from Cassius and Darrow to, to yeah. Diomedes, oh, okay, yeah, okay. it made it made sense. It, it made, made sense. sense. We we do have a second uh, Genevieve question sure. here, which is: Will Lysander make a baby face turn? And if so, what would it bring about? Meaning, could Lysander ever turn the corner in even the smallest way? Even though he's already grossly offensive, if you read the entire email, you'd understand they have very strict feelings about Lysander. But could he turn at all? Um, and what would that mean? What would that be? I think that Lysander is going to end up between a rock and a hard place where he does not agree with Darrow. He does not agree with Atalantia, the remnant or the core um, 
Iron Golds where he kind of is standing alone in this like place where he thinks um, everyone should follow, but he's like the only one. So I don't know that he'll make a turn um, towards any certain way. I think, I think he's going to kind of be solo and be kind of, you know, looking around like, where are my allies? Because he doesn't actually agree with Atalantia. He doesn't actually agree with his uncle. He doesn't actually agree, you know, with Apple or anyone he's teaming up with. So Lysander is going to be in this position where like no one is following him, mm-hmm. you know? So what does he except do? Except for the masses. Like none of the leaders are following him except the masses are following well, him. Well, except his legion yeah. of greys. But I don't yeah. know about the masses. I mean, who else sure. is following Lysander? Mercury. I, it, tough, tough to say at this I point. It's all speculation, all right? Like we don't, we don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> Mercury died. <laughs> Mercury's fucked. Yeah. But. I would say, first of all, Genevieve, thank you for the wrestling terminology, babyface turn. As a wrestling fan, I appreciate that. <laughs> no. uh, second of all, I uh, I agree. Like, kind of where Aaron's going. I do think that I don't. I definitely don't think he's going to be like turning back good and be like i believe in the rising or something like that um, he can't they killed his grandma right i think he's pretty firmly uh in his place but i do think that his grandma also fucked him over that let's right. be i do think that kind of what aaron said i do think he's going to get to this place where he has he has gotten so far and he can't turn back and maybe he wants to in the end it doesn't <laughs> even matter anyway yeah. you, you basically you see that anyway. Yes. Are you seeing Lincoln Park? That was Lincoln Park, yes. <laughs> but he's going to get to this point where he's gone too far to go backwards and and then going forward is ultimately just going to lead to his death and he's going to have this o- moment of realization like oh fuck, everything sucks. And I do, everything is fucked. On the same path that we're both on, mm-hmm. teamwork, dream work. I think Lysander will gain more memories and realize that his parents were reformers and probably more aligned with Virginia and the Republic than he would like to admit. So I think he's, he is going to come to like a weird place where he's like, Oh, I guess do I choose Octavia's path or do I choose my mom's path? You know? Yeah. I just think that he's going to get to a point and then he's going to be staring his death in the face and he's going to realize that he made some a wrong, lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes, and especially he, killing Cassie. There's a lot of emptiness in that moment for him and he's going to have a lot of regret in in a big way in like a very serious contextual way. I feel like we are staring down a POV that is facing Roke's death yeah. in the same kind of way. Yeah. Like it, it feels like the same sort of, no, all, all that I'm saying <laughs> no, is like, it, it feels point. like the same corner yeah. kind of end. Like it feels like yeah. he's reckoning with it. He's going to have to reckon with it. And I feel like he's got an even more logical argument on the other side, right. given his parents of whom have been wiped from his mind where it's like, Oh, and he might come to it too late. Yeah. Might I, I I'll, I'll add in there. Yeah. But yeah, I totally see that. Yeah. yeah, DJ. Rogue's a great comparison okay. there. Yeah. I think he is kind of in this precarious position where he knows that there has been sort of tampering with his mind mm-hmm. and he understands 
what's been instilled into, into him to an extent. But I think whenever Calendora's death is revealed to be at the hands of Atalantia because of the poison, as opposed to at the hands of Darrow. And I think that'll happen either right bef- right before she dies or like right around that time. I think that is going to be a big turning point for Lysander. And I, I think that will be sort of a shattering disillusionment, not because it's far-fetched and crazy and something new, but because it's present as opposed to something kind of locked away in his memories. So um, I, I think Genevieve in the email to us talked about how Lysander kind of, kind of comes off as a kid who took one philosophy class. <laughs> um, and that's fucking absolutely true. It, it, that's exactly what he comes across as. And I think having something so shattering to his present will actually have an impact as opposed to him not being able to piece together what happened in his past. So I, I, th- I think that will be the turning point for Lysander. <laughs> exactly because he's a philosopher without Air quotes. any actual <laughs> sort of basis yeah. in philosophy. Interesting. I like that. This is a question again from an audience member. If you could have a one hour conversation one on one with any character in the series, who would you pick and what would you talk about? Me, me, me. I got it. Go. I would pick Tongueless. <laughs> That's a good one. Have him write You'd have a conversation down. with Tongueless. I would have a conversation with Tongueless <laughs> um, because there's other ways of communicating other than speaking with your mouth. It's true. You get his whole backstory. And I didn't say I a conversation. Like, you know, there's a lot of depth to you, bro. Tell me about your life. And then I would figure it all out in an hour. Mm, I like that. That's my answer. Final answer. I'm all right. Second final I answer. It. I would choose Quicksilver <laughs> and talk about the Oculus and robots. Ooh. I'm going ah. to choose Ooh. Ah. robots. Huh? Uh, I'm going to choose Romulus because I want him to be my dad and I want to have like a a dad conversation. I love Marcus Aurelius as my dad as well, yes. <laughs> you you want to be Diomedes because you want to be Cassius. You're just like getting back to Cassius. No, I mean, I, th- I just want, I feel like Romulus is just going to teach me a lot in an hour. Insightful. Yeah. And he's, he's going to have cool. like some good life Actually, if you had a conversation with Romulus for an hour, he would probably just sit silently, crisscross applesauce, <laughs> yeah. and meditate. <laughs> be like, do you have a worthwhile question, sir? <laughs> yeah. And he'd exactly. be like, no. And he'd be like, like cool. <laughs> yeah. Can you just tell me something? You'd be like, no. <laughs> like, okay. I can't tell you something if you aren't willing to learn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh. oh. That was it. <laughs> and then you like spend 40 minutes being like, okay, I figured out I'm willing to learn. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel He's like, like yeah, right. I want you just want to be, be in his presence. I want him to be my dad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're not talking about daddy issues on this podcast yet. <laughs> We've not devolved to that level. Ben, but I love ben that. Ben has I love a great dad, Alan. Big Al, yep. Man's man. Handyman. But you prefer Romulus. No, he, I, I mean, he's just like a second <laughs> dad. Yeah. Oh, second dad. Yeah. Dead too. What That's about okay. PJ? Yeah. Who you talking to? Who you talking to, hmm. PJ? <laughs> Who you talking to? 
What you in, doing? In kind of a similar respect. I think I'd choose Gaia. Wow. Because I, assuming I could actually have a conversation without her pretending to be seen. Yeah. Well, first you start off with, "Bitch, I know you ain't crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I seen you playing that piano. Let's go." There's nobody. <laughs> if somebody's pretending to be crazy, they're not going to just give up when you say, "I know you're not crazy." They're just going <laughs> to act like they're normal. So PJ would just double down and like act crazy with them. Yeah, yeah she, it would either be like a good that. time or educational. Say, what, she seems you, like a good hang. What do you think you could uh, <laughs> learn from Gaia? The history of the Rim. Like, I, I think there's a lot that can be learned about the way the Rim operates today from what she remembers about the the previous generation of the leaders of the Rim. And I think it'd be, I think it'd be really cool. You love those Moonies. I do. I love a Mooney. We love a Mooney. It's really, really interesting, especially the way that they like conduct themselves even behind closed doors. Portion control. Really, portion control. Um, solidarity with it, like uh, between them and their people, mm-hmm. is something so honorable that we don't see. Yeah, the way they run the society, the it the seems like maybe this isn't as bad you know like I, I, I really have a hard time faulting the rim yeah well they still enslave it's in, still in slavery people. correct yeah. i mean yeah. there, there's still slavery like comparatively yes. compared yeah. to yes. compared to the the regular society right. if we want to call but it they that. do really sell in we're all buying in and they also participate so it's like this yeah. is for the continuation of humanity. And so we have a goal here and this is the only way to do it is this order. So that like, it makes more sense than you guys are all space racist. The decadence and terribleness of the, <laughs> of the actual, space like, moderates is what you're actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, un- it's unfortunate. Space moderates. All yeah. <laughs> In the books, we only hear from rim golds. We never like have the perspective perspective of rim pinks or rim oranges. Please uh, make sure that so that's, your, your uh, viewpoint. Space moderates is going to be a cut from this yeah. episode. Put that in the hashtag for the episode. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> with that respect, maybe maybe they are eating like kings comparatively, but seemingly they got a single fillet and like a pile of rice. Yeah, they said like everybody's on the same for dinner portions as for everyone their size. served yeah. across the system. Yeah. Let's hope that's true. Yeah, I mean, let's. Like, I mean. Fair point. They could be lying. Either sure. either that's true or everybody is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's eating nothing. Okay. Yeah. Just almonds. Like, so so, so it, Gaia. That, that is something to consider. Absolutely. Like maybe they are even more desperate for food than we realized. But um where their heads are at obviously the slavery thing isn't something to You don't love it give any sort of credence to but they seem to actually have empathy for their people and for what it's worth that's something to admire yeah Kay. checks out we got guy Love that. old crow cross who Love are that. you talking to i'm talking to lauren folks mm. uh, i mean it feels very clear Stone to me I, obviously obviously don't ben we already up, have uh, all of his best quotes in a book. I mean, you think you have all of his best quotes, and I would argue <laughs> yeah. this is less than a third of his best quotes. Um, 
and a lot of his worst quotes. I think that's the other part that I want to expose. I'd want to hear more from Lorne that is the war-torn Lorne, more than the wise Lorne. Yeah. Because the wise Lorne is emblematic of what he wants to see, not what he is. I want to see what Lorne is, more or less. Um, and so, like, I'm actually torn in this answer between Lorne and Kavax, because I think that mm. both provide those those kind of different sides of the insight. But I, I skipped earlier when we were talking about favorite characters. I only talked about Atlas. Lorne is the character that I love the most in the original trilogy, even though it's mostly through quotes. It's mm-hmm. mostly through his, like, I can't believe you said Atlas character. was your favorite character. Said one of. I love him. I love him. He's he's become a beloved character from Dark Age rereads. So I just I'm judging you. I understand. She's and I a harsh it. judgment. Yeah, I get it, but I think you're wrong. <laughs> <is actually saying>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think that I'd go with Lauren. I think for a lot of reasons that seem fairly obvious. I mean, inside of her own show, I talk about stoicism a lot. I talk about philosophy a lot. I, that's what he's baked in. But I think that he's also baked in reality so if i were having conversations with him i'd want to drive home the reality of what's going on i'd want to ask the questions as opposed to darrow being like what do i do i'd be like okay what did you do when you were faced with this Mm -hmm. which i don't think is the same kind of question that darrow's asked him over time yeah so i I feel like that's what i'd choose lauren's a good one he'd have some kavix is a good one too they both have some good stories for the same reasons yeah and he'd just be fun to talk to very entertaining yeah. Magic? He'd, he'd just be great. And you'd get to pop some jelly beans, probably. Yeah. Magic? Yeah. <laughs> I would steal those fucking jelly beans. You'd be like, fuck off, Sophocles. It's a, it's a great time. I found them first. <laughs> In my pocket. Do you guys have any questions for us, for PJ? Anything else that's remaining? Any thoughts? I have one ideas? question. Aaron's mad at me because I'm asking a question, but it's okay. I'm not mad at you. I'm going to have you guys... We've debated this on our podcast before. Sure. Daxo and Mustang. Yep. Is it unrequited love from Daxo? Or is it just brotherly love from Daxo? I'll let, I'll let PJ go first. I absolutely think that there was something romantic there that never got explored. Absolutely. And I don't know if it was anything realized enough to be a motivation, but I, I absolutely think there was something more than sibling style love. Conversely, I think that there is evidence from Daxo that he was thinking that it could have been something more over time. However, from Mustang, it isn't until he died that she comes to realize that there could have been something to begin with and that she starts to kind of internalize that and like think about it over time. So I would agree. I, with that. I, th- I think that maybe unrequited isn't quite the right term, but I think that there is like a familial love there. And then on top of that, there's Mustang saying, thinking through the sort of multiverse in her own way being like, is there some universe where this could have worked out? Yeah. And I didn't think about that until really right now when suddenly I'm faced with the fact that Daxo isn't going to be around anymore. Right. But it's definitely something um, that Daxo felt in this universe, right? I stop, I think that Daxo the lead. <laughs> no, but I, no. but I, I do I do think that it's 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 Daxo led, not yeah. Mustang led. Yeah. Like that's my general I, feeling on it. I would like to sort of append my answer in that uh, I'm not really changing anything. I I I don't think Mustang was aware of it. Yeah. I think this yeah. was entirely on Dax's yeah. side. I think he was completely in love with Mustang and Mustang was 
oblivious to it. I wouldn't say oblivious. I would say she was aware. She's too smart to be oblivious. Also, I think it was all brotherly love. So you are all three are wrong. Okay. (laughs) That's I mean, fair fair enough too. Like there there's enough enough of an argument there, and he would sacrifice anything for her, and like he's aware enough to also know that perhaps she doesn't love him or never will in in that context is willing and able to enter that relationship i think i see daxo more as like asexual i don't see him as like kind of pining after anyone i see him more as like just intellectual and you know my take is that he he does have a cock and balls fortress yeah Touche. <laughs> Great point. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Made fair point. <laughs> Maybe it's in a uh, analytical way. I think that you're getting asexual vibes off of him because he's so in love with Mustang. He's like, shut that part of himself off because there's only one Maybe. person for him. I... I just they're all of their interactions and conversations and everything we hear from Daxo and Mustang to me is like we we've been brother and sister our whole lives. I, I can tread I can tread both sides of that yeah. line fairly easily. Like both sides I think are he's very, okay with that because yeah. he loves her so yeah. much that he's like okay being the family member to her. But it's like yeah. at that moment where shit hits. By the way, Ben only brought this up because he's trying to like prove that he's right get other people on his side. Yeah, by, by having like leading you both onto his side and i i mean also i'm, fir- I'm also firmly i'm firmly on like it wasn't romantic love mm-hmm. we know contextually that golds are perfectly okay with incest yeah Ooh, yep we do <laughs> so the bo- brotherly love thing i don't think holds any right. water yeah, I think he's just like I okay. I think he's okay being close <laughs> with her. Like he's okay being in her orbit and like being as close to her as he possibly can. Being an important person to her, she's an important person to him. But it's like in that moment where they're looking at death, where she realizes, "Oh my god, he's in love with me," and he's doing the things that he's doing, not only out of his familial love, but because of just like it's the you know the romantic love he has for is like pouring out of him at that point and can't not yeah, because it's a right. death moment yeah it's it's t- it's tough to parse specifically there it feels like because there's only like feels two like lines one of those, like, that kind of really refer yeah, to yeah right it, yeah. it feels like one of those like old relationships yeah. that could exist yeah. fairly easily inside of fiction where it's like well what if yeah. and it feels very what ify but i i do think that he was more in love with her than she was ever going yeah. to be in love with him regardless um, and I think that in the end, he had come to terms with that long before yeah. the moment when he dies. I think that she just too. maybe hadn't yeah. acknowledged it until like he was he's definitely dead. OK with he wasn't like a yeah. jealousy situation or anything like that. He was OK with yeah. his position and where this he was is at. clearly a big issue for Ben. And it almost had gotten to the point where like <laughs> it almost seemed like he had accepted it and was ready to kind of like move on. because He was talking about being a father yeah. and whatever. But um, then it's like he gets his last moment and it's, it all comes flooding back at that time. So. Yeah, he just he kind of has this last mode of like yeah. honesty, and that's yeah. just in in defense, in action, in everything. Yep. You know, between between love of con- country and love of queen, it's both for him mm-hmm. in that moment. Cool, I love that. Love that. I'm still right. Aaron, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Aaron, do you have any lingering questions for the boy? Mostly, 
I have a question for both of you. All right. In Dark Age world, that's where we are. Would you rather live (laughs) on Mercury as an orange, on Venus as a pink, or on Europa as a red? Don't the Europan reds get to like, they get to go out on the way? They're having like fish and rice. Like, but aren't they like they're like the wave boys or whatever? What does Lauren yeah. call them? Wave boys, <laughs> you know, they go out there and the they ride the storm suns. Yeah, the storm suns. Storm suns. I'm yeah. saying Mercury orange, Venus pink. Wave boys is better, or but... wave boys. <laughs> <laughs> Love wave boys. I think it's storm suns. And you have but, to yeah. say you have to say why. And I realize all three are not ideal choices. Yeah. Right. Holy shit! That is a tough call. You you created like a true, <laughs> a true gambit here. Is it? PJ, leave me alone. PJ, <laughs> why don't you go first? You clearly have an answer. Yeah. I think I'd have to choose the orange. Um, I'm Mercury. And well, PJ is an engineer. I would. But yeah. where on Mercury? I guess you can choose where you are. I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather be an orange than a red or pink pretty much anywhere. <laughs> See, I'm a pink because I'm a sexual deviant. And, like that's just a okay. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. PJ Peaches orange on Mercury. For what reason, PJ? Because he's an engineer. <laughs> Is that it? Because I don't, I don't want to be a red, and I don't want to be a pink. But think about the planet. Like you're picking the worst planet. <laughs> You're picking the one that's like getting destroyed. You know what? At least I could hate the planet instead of myself. <laughs> Jeez, that was deep. <laughs> oh, that's <was> good. Woo. <laughs> Holy shit. Um or not necessarily myself, but my position. <laughs> if that makes sense. I liked what you said. Yeah, luck- luckily, like you're given, you're given a place in society that you'd agree with. I think if we exchange orange for, say, white on Mercury, PJ would have a very different opinion between the group. Um, but needless to say, this that is tough. The parameters. <laughs> this wasn't the parameters, and this is this is tough, Aaron. Um, you kind of have two left. You can't pick orange now. <laughs> Hashtag wave boys. Would you? Would you rather be a Hashtag wave boys? Uh, Europa red. I'm saying, just give me out in Europa and just let me get crushed so by a ben, wave. We see Ben's choice. Let me drown. I yeah, just let me get. I wasn't asking Ben, but we know who Ben is. Blaze picking. of glory. Cross. Wave would boy. you want to be a Venus pink? Think of how like well you would eat and drink and have drugs at all There's... times. There's a level of class that's associated there that I like enjoy the concept of. Um but if we're if we're talking about like general like I'm never I'm never gonna do better than the drugs or whatever it is, and like maybe my mind could just be lost instead of that, um, which is its own thing. I'm picking Venus pink. Just- <laughs> I feel like it's just a lot of sexual I'm, I'm a, violence. Even what? even with the orange like throw up there, like I even feel like given the events of Dark Age, which was another parameter here. Venus feels safe. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> like Venus feels removed from potential future conflict sure. immediately. Yeah. Uh, and in general is more paradise E because it's a series of islands on an ocean world. So 
I don't know. I feel like I'd probably go pink. I feel like I'd probably go Venusian pink. You'd have a lot to talk about with orange. like the Ash Lord yeah. just dying too. And uh, yeah, politically. Apple is Cross, in I'll see you now. on Venus. You have fun. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Enjoy, yeah. And enjoy the waves. Um, you're just going to get nuclear But a, but a very close second is the wave boys. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag wave boys. PJ's going to get melted by the nuclear I'm warheads. just going to get crushed by a 40 foot wave on Europa and die immediately. But what? Are you sure all the reds on Europa are wave boys? No, I think just the brave ones like me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. That is a wonderful explanation. <laughs> and I won't stand for anything else. And the end. I won't stand for it. And the end. Any other remaining questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas? All right. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you thank so much. You. Before before we get into that, I forgot we should like di- we should deimburse these guys. Thank you guys so much for like coming onto the show. I, that didn't that didn't make any sense. <laughs> that wasn't the right word. Um, but <clears throat> thank you guys so much for like coming out and hanging out with us for this for the show and for like talking about all this random bullshit, which is the I mean it has become the postseason kind of part of the show. Um, it's so great to talk to you guys every single time. We have we have a blast. Uh, it's so much fun. I love again. you guys, and I'm so drunk again. <laughs> uh, again, I don't know if you can tell. Well, my eyes in. get like smaller and smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel that. <laughs> I'm squinting inside of my 100 degree closet as I'm sweating, wiping know, we, my fucking hair window, off my I was face. Like, Fuck this uh, storm! I'm like, no window. <laughs> but thank you so much for having us on. I love this community, and I especially love the cool podcast bros that we have been friends with because of Howlerpod and Road Racing. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I especially yeah. appreciate this knowing a great time. PJ I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who's part of God, your show now, damn right? It. God PJ damn it. Just slightly our, more than Cross. PJ, okay. our co-host. <laughs> yeah. A special shout out to our co-host, PJ. Since your episode is coming out tomorrow in which we talked about what are we into this week? Mm. I didn't do it. What are we into this week? I can go. All right. Succession season three. Love it. Oh my also god. Into that. Killer. Yeah. Cousin yeah, Greg it. for life. Fucking Greg <laughs> is in such a shitty position. Uh, you hate and love to see it for him. Cockadoodle do. Love it. Succession. <laughs> oh no. I fucking hate it and love I laughed out loud at that line. I was like, no, no. Uh, god. All right. Succession season three for Ben. Um, I'll say I've been listening to, um, I just caught up on the season of Invisibilia about Mm. friendships. I especially liked the episode about poop friends. What's going on there? (laughs) You gotta listen. (laughs) Okay. I'll check that out. That's intri- poop friends. That sounds very intriguing. Does it include the poop map? Does it include <laughs> it the poop map app? Ominous. <laughs> Do they use the poop map app? That's an important question. No, and I don't know what that is. Oh, it's an app in which you can log your poops wherever you take what? them. What? Wow. With your friends, yeah. Are yeah. you doing it's that? The poop app. Are, poop you, map. are you a um, PJ sharing <laughs> poop poop phone? No. <laughs> but you you just log you log the like the location details via an application. Uh, anyway, I was just curious. Why, just curious if that, if that was brought that? up. Why do you know about that? <laughs> so, 
my brother uh, streams a community <laughs> night on Saturdays. This is not better. But here's the explanation. Uh, he is friends with a couple of different guys in a band uh, called originally called. Um, Rather now they're called Cherry and Moore. So friends with friends with the guys in the band, the guy, the one of the drummers and one of the guitar, guitarists come on frequently. We drank a lot and we we're playing games one night late at like one in the morning. And he was like, do you guys use poop map? And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> he explained it and showed his poop map as he's toured across the United States in wow. this band. And it was amazing. And now I'm... <laughs> I might, I might, I don't know. I my travel poop a lot. Map like, would be very boring. My poop I was going to say, if I had a more interesting poop map, then I would. Mine do would poop just map, be like at but, home, period. Yeah, most of mine are at home now. <laughs> just for the people that's, out there keeping track of it. That's the end. That's it. Go on vacation. Was- nope. <laughs> for the whole vacation yeah <laughs> absolutely you wait no, you nothing oh no okay. so like yeah, i was saying no. anyway. invisibilia there's yes. a new season on friendship and mm. uh like relationships that are all around friendship non-romantic relationships it's okay. a really good season cool all right what are you guys Love into that. this week i've been watching uh i've been dragging kaylin through Mr. Robot. Oh Ooh, my fucking nice. god. Nice. So, so we're about halfway through the first season right now. One of, so that's what I've been up to. One of the best TV shows ever made. I don't know I don't know if you've finished season 4 yet, PJ, but I haven't. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, can't talk about that anymore. <laughs> and now I now I can't. I can't I can't go ahead. Yep. So It's a good rewatch yep. or first watch. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Rami Malek is is God a God? Yes, mm-hmm. he is God, and it's inside that series. I mean, Jesus. it's it's so much more than what it presents itself as. It presents itself as this like hacker, edgy show, but it's it's really just kind of a dissertation on addiction and mental health, and it's just super super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, explore. Yeah, love it, love it. it. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of one of my favorite book series of all time that I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to spoil it for BJ. But this is a tease. Yeah. <laughs> this is a tease. <laughs> um, yeah, I this week, I last night watched a movie upon a recommendation from a friend. Um, Zoe recommended that I watch this movie called Freaks, um, of which I want to give as little as possible, but I'd recommend it to anyone who can. Freaks 2018, available on Netflix. It is an hour, 40 minutes. It's a science fiction movie. It defies all expectations in every single way, shape, and form. have not been so pleasantly surprised by a movie in a long time. Sci-fi. And I think, huh. yeah, I think the important part is, is to go in as blind as possible. Because if you, if you read too much, it ruins some of the tension. So I recommend. Is it scary? No, no. <laughs> it is R rated though, but that's mostly because of blood. Um, oh, and like violence fine. so uh it is not it is not a scary movie however it is a fantastic movie and it has it has hit itself as like one of my top five movies inside of a specific genre that i cannot talk about yet because like i can't ruin it for people mm. so like 88 percent inside the genre tomatoes it is so good and it is underappreciated it was wonderful it was a crazy recommendation for rotten tomatoes 80 is great. Yeah. Um, and it was all filmed on a quarter of a million dollars, wow. which is also nuts in, in what it does and what it attains. So, 
Yeah. I'm going to watch it. The cast is crazy. It, looks like, it has the best like child really actor. Cast. Yeah, the, the best child actor I've ever seen in a movie, ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's it. Nice. That sounds like a good recommendation. Sweet. Freaks. Freaks 2018 on Netflix US. So. So. With that, thank you guys so much again for being on the show. Of course, um, next week, we are finally, after many weeks of talking about it, we are going to be tackling the Sons of Aries back-to-back. SOA 1, SOA 2, and then into Mistborn. That's the game. (gasps) Mistborn! Mistborn! So you're doing Mistborn before First Law? Yes, we're going to do Mistborn uh, Era 1. I've and then read we're gonna do both series, line. Ben. I've read both Boom. series. Boom. Boom. I read first law because Crossland told me to. You're better than me. I just do what I'm told. No. Wow. Wow. Read the uh, I've read read Age of Madness next. I've read Mistborn twice, though. Mistborn's. Hey, PJ. We won't talk about I know about what it, happens. But... <laughs> 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 Aaron, you should read the Age this of Madness. This one I did on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on purpose, middle finger. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we we are again so excited and part of part of the joy of this eventually is to have that like bonus channel to like have you guys back and like talk about other things on the side about whatever. Like that's kind of the, the joy of the whole thing. So for us, very excited to see you guys again. But that is where we're going to leave you for this week. Thank you, as always, to our producers, Tim and Andrew, for helping us keep our show's lights on. Check out all the links in our show notes. You can find our schedule, Patreon, previous episodes, websites, social medias, and more, all in one convenient spot. Aaron's got the most violent five-star review. Please rate us five-star review thing that exists. So I'm going to give it over to Aaron for a second. Uh, don't forget to rate and review five stars only. If you don't give words and whiskey five stars only and Heller pod <laughs> and any podcast you listen to. Well, unless it sucks. If you don't give, that's very important. If you don't give specifically words and whiskey five stars only, then we, the four of us will come to your town and outperform you in a swim team match. Wow. <laughs> And embarrass you in front of the whole town. This is this is oddly specific. <laughs> It'll it won't but very make, likely. It won't make sense if you cut out all of the swim team talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think now we have to keep it in. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you should come up with a different threat. Also, um, another threat is that we will get beheaded before professing our unrequited love for you and then you'll never know you'll just never know and then you'll die never knowing so maybe you should have just given five stars ben's look of shock there hurt me (laughs) 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 like beheaded huh (laughs) i didn't sign up for that part as far as threats go us getting beheaded isn't that great of a threat we but it'll we, be really sad. They're gonna be they're gonna feel really guilty. <laughs> they're gonna about feel it. really bad about it. And that what's we worse? Love, what's that's, worse? That's dying true. instantly or feeling really bad forever. <laughs> we love it so much. Uh thank you guys again so much for being a part of the show, and that's it for the week. Thank you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.